0: you're listening to sports unlimited on southern sports central and it starts right now And good morning, everybody. I'm Richie Alvin here alongside a couple of my closest buddies on a Friday morning. Let's see uh, if uh, hopefully I know he's up in Myrtle Beach, and that is Brandon Bisco being trying to get everything up and running here this morning. Uh, had some storms come through this area last night into yesterday, and actually it started raining a few days ago. It just finally has uh, started to slack off a little bit. Eugene, I'm not sure. Can you hear me uh, over there in North Charleston, buddy?
1: I got you, brother.
0: All right, all right. So here's what's going on. Brandon will join us here hopefully in just a minute. Uh, He's having a little bit of issues there. I believe Myrtle Beach has still got a few bands coming through uh, on that side of the world. But uh, they had a lot of wind and a lot of rain, maybe a little bit more than we did here uh, in North Charleston where you are and in Somerville where I'm at. Uh, So they, of course, uh, still trying to, uh, I guess – Rinse out or, 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 of course, re-up all the water they've had up there on the Grand Strand. As today, Brandon, we'll be bringing you a five-star show. Of course, he's got a great guest list uh, from uh, many. Brandon Dunn, we're joining him right here on the show here at some point here this morning. He'll also get David Shelton. will be dropping by, talking some of that good stuff with him as well. And, again, his list is long and it's solid. Of course, myself. Eugene Benton from Southern Sports Central here with him this morning to talk a little bit about what's going on in the playoffs. And I said it, playoffs, because it does start here tonight. You know, if you saw Twitter yesterday across some of the other uh, tags or, or, or whatever, Eugene, you saw there was some um, basically conversation uh, of other games. But let's see real quick if I can get Brandon. Brandon, you there, buddy? Let me get Brandon to do is i'm gonna let uh, i'm gonna get him to call in with his phone call in and and, and keep it keep it live there of course uh, in the studio like he's got it, but have have him call in here this morning uh by using the call in number but uh until he does that, Eugene yesterday you saw there were some games they call them bowl games because there was a seven game season right seven game season, and with that, the commissioner. Singleton decided, let's give them one freebie, right? Let's give them one extra game, make it kind of fun, maybe schedule a team that you wouldn't see during the year, maybe an opportunity to just do something a little different. I know tonight you'll actually see the big matchup between uh, Conway. They're actually coming down to the low country to take on uh, a, a team. that I think down the road is, is going to be really good. in Shane Fiddler's boys over there at Ashley Ridge, uh, that one, it may not be for playoff implication, but definitely another opportunity to get another week of work in and uh, have an opportunity to play one more final game if you're a senior over there at Ashy Ridge for those guys, G.G. Yeah,
1: it's interesting. I actually saw a game last night. Uh, was it at South Florence and somebody else? Uh, it's interesting because both teams were one and one was two and five and one was one and five. <clears throat> um but it looked to be a battle for a while, but South Florence came up on top. I'm trying to recall who they played, but it was an interesting game because it was played last night. I thought it was weird because yeah. you know, with all the weather implications, teams were considering moving games this Saturday until the weather decided to clear out, you know, sometime between last night and this morning. But, um, yeah, I'm also, you know, it's kind of interesting I saw from some- <laughs> – some chatter on on the twitters and and social media sports groups about some players. I guess in a Newberry game got got into a, a scuffle, and maybe some players aren't available for the playoff game tonight. So we'll we'll find out some more details and see if we can't get some facts. We don't want to report a whole lot on rumors. You know, we try to share facts and, and things we knew. So um, we're gonna dig on on that a little bit, but um. So, while we're waiting on Brandon, did you want to go ahead? I'm on uh, now. Okay, cool. Yeah, we
0: got him. He's on now. So, let's go ahead and bring Brandon in. Brandon, it's your show. It's your time. And, uh, of course, welcome into your house, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, a
2: couple of technical difficulties this morning. We'll try to get them uh, taken care of, uh, you know, as the show progresses. But, yeah, let's jump right into it. Let's go down to the uh, 1A football uh, we'll start off in the upper state, Southside Christian against CA Johnson. I think we can all agree Southside Christian is one of the top teams in the state, and I think barring something crazy happening, they're gonna they're gonna be able to get through CA Johnson pretty handily uh, tonight. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree, I agree with, with on you on that
1: connections too. so rich.
0: No, I agree with him. I think Southside Christian is gonna be the going to be the big story there, guys. I think they're a team that, you know, has got it shown through the season that they'll be that team to watch out for to uh, be that big dog, if you will, in 1A football going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they have a great shot of meeting uh, Bamberg in the state title game. They're just so talented. You know, last year they were making that great run. They actually beat Saluda uh, in the regular season last year pretty handily. And then, uh, as most folks know, their starting quarterback, very athletic kid who could run, who could throw, just was kind of a Houdini at times on the field, Um, hurt his leg pretty bad, right, right, uh, I think it was the first game of the playoffs, and uh, right after that, they ran into Saluda again, I think it was in the second or third round, and uh, got knocked out in a close one, we all know Saluda went on to win the state title, so uh, they're back, and uh, they're rolling, and you know, they got moved down to 1A, so... (laughs) I think that favors them well.
2: Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think we're both we're all in agreement, Southside Christian. There going down to the next matchup: Blackville Hilda against Whitmire. Whitmire not at large, but I think again Blackville Hilda had that one in the bag.
0: I think right The it. guys, it's going to be good. I think this is a team that you want to kind of watch for. I talked to Joey Steele, who's the offensive of line coach over over at the Ford, about a lot of these 1A and 2A teams. Cause I just don't know as much about them. You know, I, I don't get an opportunity to read about them as much. It's kind of like some of the teams in that lower part of the low country down here, Brandon, and they don't get the exposure that the big dogs get. Kind of similar as you would see with – the power five and everybody else. Right. But I I feel like for me that when I'm here about Blackfield Hood as a team that, you know, that name rings a bell because it's a common used name this time of year. I think they win big. Eugene.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I I, I'm good with them. You know, I don't have a whole lot, but you know, I've kind of seen some of the chatter about, uh, chatter about them. Uh, they seem to be a, a strong defensive front. So, um, i will definitely take those guys. You get home games. It's kind of hard, you know, in, in some of these instances when you've got, like, an at-large bid. You know they didn't have the best season, just good enough to get in. So, um, I'll, I'll take them as well. I think we're all in agreement. Yeah, so that's uh,
2: that's the next – or uh, excuse me uh, – the next matchup is Lamar against Wilson Elko. Again, another one of those that I think, uh, you know, barring something crazy, Wilson Elko, a pretty good team this year. They were, you know, ranked a couple of times uh, throughout the season, but Lamar had just been one of the best teams in the state. You know, not quite – they weren't getting the first place votes now. They dropped a little bit in the polls from where they were, but they're still one of the top teams in the state in one A.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting. I think Lamar's a team that, again, I, I'm I'm going to do the safe bet. I like household names. I like the name brand, right? You look in your cabinet and you see a name brand, and you're, you're going to go with it first. And Lamar's that name brand. Yeah, Wilson. They the amazing these guys have proven that they're making their way up to the charts, but they're chasing teams, I feel, like Lamar. So, I'll go Lamar in that event tonight.
1: Eugene? Yeah, we had
0: a little insider info, and this
1: has uh, been earlier on in the year with um, – well, uh, gosh our, our boy up in the upstate that covers uh burns and you know, he said you know for for a one a school they just seem to be uh kind of mold them into that program there and and they the, last year they thought you know they were going to win a state title uh they did you know in some other sports, and so what he was saying was you know from what I recall was that uh you know they're definitely talented, they brought back a good bit of uh players from last year's team that made a good run so uh We'll go with the more uh talented guys and then I'll go with the insider information on this one.
2: All right, so going down to the final matchup in the upstate, uh, for one A, we got Wagner Sally against McCormick, two 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 seeds. Uh try to say that uh two, three times fast. Uh and this one I think is gonna be out at least out of the upstate game, definitely the closest uh between the two. Wagner Sally coming in at the eighth uh ranked eighth in one A with McCormick coming in at tenth. This is gonna be a tough one. I, I think Wagner Sally has enough to pull it out, but that I think this is definitely gonna be the closest matchup out of uh out of all of the games uh that we see uh in one A this weekend.
0: Yeah, I, I agree think with you. This is definitely gonna be the best matchup. I, I think when you look at these two, when you look at these two and, and you see everything in perspective, there's a song that comes out, guys, called Mustang Sally, right? And that's when I hear this this name of Wagner Sally, I always hear that that music intro to that song when I grew up. My father was a big time music guy. But I don't think you're gonna hear a lot of music playing in uh in Wagner Valley tonight. I'm gonna go with McCormick and my guy. My guy over there in, of course, uh, Woodland, Coach Cyber, is originally from McCormick, South Carolina, and I think the boys of McCormick find a way, get it done, and get to see action in week two of the playoffs. Eugene,
1: All right, boys. So, so wait, uh, Burton, and you're going with Wagner, Sally, and and Richie's going with McCormick. Is that right? Yep. Yep, you got the tiebreaker. All right, cool. Well, I'm (laughs) – you know, I, I, this one was the tough. I'm going to agree 100% with you on this is going to be one of the closest games. Um, there's only been one close game all year that Wagner-Sally played, and that is the game that they uh, – I mean, excuse me, won, they All the games, none of them have been close. is what I was trying to say. So none of them have been close all, all year. They have one loss. That one loss, though, to me is a very ugly loss to a Blacktail-Hilda team that just blew their doors off at forty-two to nothing. McCormick on the other hand, I mean, uh, this one's this one's going to be the toughest one for me. Um, I'm gonna go looking at what McCormick did this year. That their one loss uh, was forty-seven to twenty. Up to that superstar. Uh, Southside Christian team. I'm, I'm gonna go with Richie McCormick on this one. I just think you know if you look that with the with the scores that they played with Ware Shoals and Fox Creek, you know some of these other games that you know they should win and they won. every game that they should have won, they won by almost 40 points. You know, and then they're like I said, their one loss, their one blemish on the year isn't it too bad uh, to lose the Southside Christian 47 to 20. You know, third week of the season, so. I'm going to go with the most guys on this one.
2: All right. So I'm I'm the odd man out on that one. I'm going with Wagner Sally on that one. Going down to the lower state, uh, we got Gar- Carver St- Bay against Baptist Hill, which I think this is going to be another one that's going to be a lot closer uh, than it looks. This is going to be one of those games that, you know, you would normally see in the second round that is going to be a pretty good game. Uh, but I think Carver's Bay pulls this one out.
0: I'm going to go against you. And the only reason I say this is because, yeah, Carver's Bay, you know, for me it's a newer school because back in my days it was called Choppy and the band was known uh, as good as the football team was. But this year I guess that Carver's Bay's got a good program. It's a little closer to you, by the way, Brandon, over there in between you and I in that Georgetown County area. But Badness Hill, low country pound and ground team, who at one point was the only team in the Charleston County area, if I'm not mistaken, Eugene, that made the playoffs until, of course, the boys over there and uh, James Island got the nod. But I like what's happening over there, and I'm going to give the close but oh-so-close, maybe a special team there, Coach Bennett, is going to be the reason Baptist Hill finds a way to beat Carver's best. I can't disagree with you more. Uh, With
1: with Baptist Hill, uh, Coach Marion doesn't really play special teams. I've never seen them try to even kick an extra point. Uh, they go for two every time. Uh, you know, on kickoffs, these guys just you know, kind of just try to get their foot on the ball. Now, all they want to do is just throw the ball five, 50 times a game. They want to make you run, 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 run. Uh, they do have athletes. They do have speed. Uh, I'm going to go with the lines up front, and I'm going to go with Carver's Bay in this game. I'm joining Bisk, uh you know they got a, a good, solid size, big guy uh, at quarterback who can run, who can throw. Uh, they're gonna pound you to death. They got a monster offensive line for for a one A type school. Um, it, that game is is up in the middle of nowhere. Uh, what is that? You get to Georgetown and go five twenty one. I think it's five twenty one or something like that. Face drive five twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, Baptist Hill man, they gonna load up in them snack cakes like they usually do for playoff games and them boys ain't going to know it because when they get to uh, up 521 and they think they're close to Conway, man, it, it's different. It's different. It and ain't, it ain't John's Island anymore. And I think they're going to run into hey, to a I big line. Hey, I'll
0: tell you this, though. That, that area is uh, – that's the home of all the gathers. You know, jumping gathers and and, and multiple gathers that went to the University of Georgia. That's where all of that – that's where the gathers family's from is in that area. So they got some ballers. You know, I'm just hoping that, that these kids down here – and uh, in the low country, can find a dub on the road.
1: They're not gonna find it, buddy. So they can take a shovel and keep <laughs> digging,
0: <and> keep going. <laughs> I bet you you're not gonna get any tries. I can promise you that, buddy. I bet you, I bet <laughs> you coach over there at uh, Baptist Hills is gonna be sitting here listening right now, going, "Yep, Coach Benton, you're out."
1: <laughs> no, I got I got respect for Coach Marion and what he does, man. This is a hardworking dude that I'll drive a bus and go pick up them kids and make sure they come to practice and get where they need to be. I give them all the love, but I'm not going to give them the win.
3: Gotcha. <laughs> well, let, let's move
2: on to one that I think we can all agree on, Lakeview against Allendale Dale Fairfax. No disre- okay. disrespect to Allendale Fairfax, but Lakeview started off the season strong, beating the two-time back-to-back defending champion, Greenfield Floyd. And they haven't looked. They haven't looked back since, and they've just been rolling all season. The number one uh, team in one A. I mean, they're probably the favorites to win it all this year. Well,
0: yeah, I like you, give me a chair, give me something to drink and a snack, and let me sit there at Lakeview and get the view of a big time. I mean, a big time win tonight, and I think this is a statement game for everybody else in one A that's watching this playoff breakdown in in week one. I think Lakeview uses this as a statement game tonight. Not that they're not going to win, but they're going to win. But I feel like they went big tonight. It's one of those over just uh, David and Goliath. And I don't think uh, poor little David got enough in the tank tonight.
1: No, no, definitely not. I tell you what, uh, it's going to be fun, fun, fun for the who? The Wild Gators, not just the Gators. It's the Lakeview Wild Gators. Now, that is the team I can get behind. I'm going to start loving on them. I, there, there's a defensive back that I've gotten to know really well for that team. Uh, he, he's a member of the Elite 88. He's a junior. You know, he's kid that runs a 4-3. He's got several. Uh, gosh, I think we talked about 16 different offers. One of the more exciting ones was that he was the first kid from South Carolina to get an offer from who? Deion Sanders exactly that <laughs> Dion sanders and when you're a db man that was pretty cool and got to know that young man and we, we talked about his team a good bit then i kind of jumped in and you know i was like man any, anything that i see you know I, i'm a gator fan so when i see wild gators that, that's more exciting so i looked at those guys their defense is really fun to watch uh you know they, they can score a lot of those defensive players you know at one a ball they flip scrimmage and go play offense and so uh you know, I think a lot of people, like Brandon said, you know, think that uh, the Wild Gators have a great shot at uh, representing the, the lower state in the uh, state title game, maybe even winning it. Now, my only disagreement with that would be the team, that w- the, the game we're picking next because there's a team in that bracket, I think, uh, will either win the state title or come up second. So uh, we'll move on. But uh, it looks like all three of us are going for the Wild Gators.
2: Yeah, next is uh, Bamberg Earhart against C.E. Murray, and I think, you know, C.E. Murray's a good team, but I think Bamberg has that one uh, in the bag as well. So, yes, sir, Raiders. Yeah,
0: I think you look at C.E. Murray, and, and for us, you know, Eugene and I, we're we're good things with that head coach. He's also the athletic director. He's possibly also uh, the delivery guy at the local pizza hub. I mean, this guy does about everything in that area, Greenville, South Carolina, but unfortunately it's hard to go against the boys of Bamberg, man. I mean, we talk tradition and history and, and all the things and, and Eugene, you mentioned the big dogs, the horses and all that that's on that front line at Carver's Bay. Well that's what I see and know and hear and read about the boys of Bamberg. Again, I I think Friday Night Lights and Bamberg, oh, don't they sound so familiar because they go hand in foot there's so I'm gonna go Bamberg in a big win. Tonight against uh, our buddy, and I hate to say it, but uh, maybe we can get him in here with us uh, if the season does come to an end and put him to work with us here on our network.
1: Yeah,
0: well, you knew I yeah, was they, going. You knew I was going
1: for Bamberg and this Uh Coach Crosby. Yes, one of those Crosbys. We got one that's the head coach, Orangeburg Wilkeson. We got one that just graduated from Carolina, and Joe Call gives him a, a job, and he's coaching linebackers over at. Um, at Oceanside, gotten to know him very well. And, you know, Corey Crosby, another Crosby, he took over uh, for w- when, the, uh, when the dad left and took that job at O.W. He goes on to coach at another school. Now he comes back over to Bamberg as assistant head coach. He's the defensive coordinator, and he's also the men's head basketball coach. But let me give you all a stat on Bamberg. Just so in case you all was wondering about how to play defense, I get it, they're 1A. But you got to play the opponents, and you got to play with the players on your team. You know, it's not like they can go out and sign a bunch of dudes. So, they're 6-0 and overall. We get that. Let me give me a rundown. Game 1, things happen. 33-8. Game 2, 24-0. Game 3, 42-0. Game 4, 28-0. Game 5, Barnwell, right? The Magic Barnwell that everybody just seems to love, 26-0. Game 7. At a stove, 47 to 0 <clears throat> what does that tell you they gave up one touchdown in game 1 and nothing since then not a point not nobody the last game from what i heard um actually about the Bournemouth game I, I i was trying to see if it was uh, proven but uh, the guy said that it was very similar to that lsu alabama national title game uh, a few years ago when uh, the only time LSU crossed the fifty yard line was during warmups. From what mm-hmm. I heard, that's what happened to Barnwell in that game. So let me. You know, but I, Coach, Coach Smithy, don't beat me up, man. Don't, don't get mad. Nothing but love for you, and nothing res- but respect for all you do for those kids. Bamberg is just—they're on another level. That defense is swarming. They hurt people. I—I—I I, I, I think C.E. Murray scores, but not enough to win this game.
3: Hey guys, I'm one say this
0: thing, you mentioned Bardwell, and and Bar- this isn't the same Bardwell team that destroyed Oceanside last year now, so and I get it. Everybody wants to see that, but that quarterback's not there, that big defensive guy's not there. Just that defensive guy alone not being there makes this team a universal difference. I mean, that kid, you had to account for him in so many different ways because he looked like he played nine different positions on that football field that night. And that quarterback was a pretty jam-up kind of guy, too, because he was able to open up a lot of opportunity with his legs and his arms. But, so, yeah, I hear you with that Barnwell reference because of what we saw last year. But last year's team ain't this year's team. But I will give, like you said, and I see you I, – I agree with you. I, I do think that this team that's going to be playing against C.E. Murray is the real deal. I'm just curious to see. About to the third round, I think that's when they'll be tested the first time. Brandon?
2: Yeah, um, so,
0: yeah, we're all
2: in agreement on that one. That's going to be probably a blowout. But going from one game that probably will be a blowout to probably, you know, this is definitely going to be the lowest, the closest game in the lower state, may even be closer than Wagner selling McCormick. Will Branch against Johnsonville, I'm going with the upset. I'm going with Johnsonville.
0: I like your pick, and I'm going to tell you why. I talked to a couple of guys, and David Shelton's probably going to tell you this too, because we had him on the show with us on Wednesday. I think that there are a lot of big guys at Well Branch, and, yeah, they've got all the bells and whistles, and they've had a pretty, pretty good season this year, no doubt about it. We've had a couple of their dudes on our show. I'm just thinking that Johnson was going to come in. They're not going to expect as much as they're going to get, but then they're going to all of a sudden get punched in the mouth, and I know from historical Factors that Johnsonville has put out, a lot of big names that uh, we've seen in college campuses around the country. Not sure they got a college campus power five guy, but they got a lot of dudes that work their behinds uh, in the uh, in the area of Johnsonville. And I got to tell you, I think that's what's going to pay off dividends with some of that homegrown training there in Johnsonville. And the flashes will flash through game one, week one, and get ready for action in week two. So I got Johnsonville, Eugene.
1: I'm joining you guys, man. I, you know, Johnsonville, actually, it, its for them to be, you know, in the spot they're in, it's because of one game. That one loss. And I get it, one loss is one loss. But mm-hmm. that one loss was those same Lakeview Wild Gators we were just talking about. And that was 30 to 20. It was actually one of the closest games uh, Lakeview had all year. And, uh, you know, but and I get it, Green C. Floyd's you know, was what, what two-time state champion. I get it. This year they didn't. You know they're obviously not the same team. Just like the reference to Barmo, some of those dudes graduate, some of those dudes move on. Uh, but they're still a great program. And, and you know this team in Johnsonville has been battle tested, man. They they go up and beat those guys um, thirty-two to fourteen. You know our, our Ce Murray and our good buddy there. You know they beat them thirty to twenty-two. Uh Hemingway, a school that's not too far down the road from Carvers Bay. A lot of the same dudes in the in the area, thirty seven, six sixteen. Uh, you know, Timminsville, forty two to six. They've had some really good wins. Uh Scott's branch team, a team that a lot of folks say is really, really good. Uh I was talking to Joe Call about them the other day because they had a good uh kid that went on to play um at Carolina. We were talking about them this year, you know, that they have a good coach and you know they end up beating them thirty eight to twenty two. I'm going with you guys, I think Johnsonville comes on the road on that brand new turf at Whale Branch. They won't be playing in mud puddles and and in a <laughs> in a swimming pool like we did last year. uh they got a brand new million dollar turf, so I think Johnsonville goes and uh takes a little bit of that turf home with them.
3: so we're
2: all in agreement on that one, and with uh fifteen minutes before uh David Shelton comes on and joins us, let's just run through two a real quick. Uh see what your picks are there. Uh, Abbeville, Batesburg, Leesville, I think we can all agree Abbeville has that one.
0: Man, y'all know. Y'all know ain't nobody beating the big. Hey, Eugene, come on. It's the A train. I'm going A train round one into round two. Full steam ahead, baby. I'm
1: writing A in protest. And now we'll just move on.
2: <laughs> Next, we got Chesney and Newberry, and this is a weird one because the the lower seeded team has actually been ranked higher in the polls for the majority of the season. I think Newberry is going to pull this one out.
1: Newberry might be missing some. Players I think Newberry does fight. Do What's that you shall do? The Newberry may or may not be missing players due to a fight. We shall see when mm-hmm. details come out.
0: But, see, that makes a big difference because when you go to 2A football, guys, it ain't like 5A and even 4A football where they've got a lot of dudes on the side that they can rotate in and out. That's one of the conversations during this whole transition from basketball to football that made it such a heavy deal. So, you know, I'm going to go this not knowing whether you're in or you're out, players. And, again, shame on you, selfishly shame on you for if you got into situations and I'm gonna go you know what? Because you can't behave and I may be wrong on this one, but if the uh I'm gonna go Chesney just because of that factor, man. I I don't like that. I don't that 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 actually that, that bothers me a little bit, guys. Go ahead do yes.
1: I'm taking Chesney with you and that was before any rumors of fighting suspension. I mean Newberry's just you know, I've seen who's who they played and I've seen them get beat up. You know, and it's not to say that, you know, everybody's going to be like a great collegiate or an Abbeyville. However, Chesney's in the playoffs for a reason. They're all good teams at this point, uh, and mm-hmm. Newberry's just not played very well against really good teams.
2: I think that, that uh, whether or not those players are off the field in this one, I think that will be the determining factor. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Moving on to uh, Great Collegiate against St. Joe's, I think uh, we can all agree Great Collegiate
0: is moving on. I think Great Collegiate's a team that everybody better watch it in 2A and they can watch them out in 4A, maybe 5A. I mean, Eugene, you saw it firsthand a couple weeks ago against a very good Oceanside team. They were 3A, but it didn't matter that night because uh, the big dog in Great Collegiate has stepped up. They continue to keep that momentum from last year, but it seems like they've gotten a little bit stronger win heading into the playoffs. So I'm gonna go great collegiate with an Aston beside them because I feel like they are the team in two A to watch out for. And I do feel I do feel like they are the team to knock off the big game. And we'll talk about that hopefully throughout the rest of the uh, the playoffs. Brother I'm gonna say this and this is gonna be a first time for everything.
1: I agree with everything you just said, word for word. Uh, I think if, if Gray Collegiate's quarterback uh, doesn't get a little nervous on the road and can hold on to the ball, I saw him fumble twice and cost him scoring drives and trying to make things that too much, things that he didn't need to make, uh, I think Gray Collegiate uh, represents the uh, upper state in that uh, game in Columbia. So I'm going to agree with you 100% and go Gray here.
2: Moving on to the final game in uh, the
0: Upstate, North Central against Christchurch. I think
2: North Central has this one.
0: Yeah, Eugene, I'm I'm, I'm going to have to go with this one on um, on North Central. Those two teams I don't know a whole lot about, you know, and I tried to do some research on them. But again, you know, they're the two teams, and these are the dangerous teams, right? The quiet kids in the class. But I will say, North Central, I think, gets the win over Christchurch, Eugene.
1: Yeah, Christchurch has a superstar. He scores a whole lot of touchdowns. Um, I just think, you know, at this, at this point, you can't count on one dude. You got to have a whole team show up in the playoffs. Everybody's good. They got good defense too. You're not playing, you know, your cousin down the road that's got a hand tied behind his back. So I'll go with North Central on this one.
2: Going down to the the low state, uh, we got Shaw against Andrews. Uh, This is going to be a close one, I think, but I think Sherrod will pull it out.
0: I'm going to go against you, and I'm going to tell you why. I like Andrews today. I like the head coach over there. Great guy. knew him personally, but I also know that he has the ability to coach up some teams. He's won a state championship when he was over at Goose Creek, coaching the quarterbacks and doing some things. They've got a guy named Kashawn Williams, a fullback slash linebacker. This kid can do some big things along with the other linebacker, Franklin Grant. I think that's what you're going to see is defensively going to be a big game for these two guys. And on the offensive line, they got a guy named Keon Barnes. Check his name out. Check his stats out. The kid can do a lot of things in in, in big fashion. But the quarterback play, the quarterback play of Andrews, is is going to be, I think, uh, the biggest thing there. And that's where I think you see, you know, Eli, who is the son of the quarterback, who is definitely going to step up in this game. And I think he gets a clutch pass across the middle from one of those big-time receivers. And they find a way. And it would be an upset, I believe, if you're looking at some numbers. But I think they got what they need, and I think they take care of business.
1: I, I, you know, it's, it's strange, man. I told you this morning when you texted me about was I up. I think you spying on my phone. You took almost word for word my notes on this game. <laughs> you know, I, I know Coach Bird. He's the athletic director and former coach at, at Uh, You know, they didn't have a great year the past couple of years. They're finally back in the playoffs. You know, Andrews, I think, you know, Andrews um, got a bad shake last year. we we'll ended it at that on the playoffs. Um, I think they're very talented. And like you, I think it comes down to quarterback play. You know, well, the quarterback gets a lot of extra quarterback. Uh, we'll say the quarterback room follow his, follows him around. It's probably his bedroom at home. Uh, with, with Dad, I, I think Andrews will go on the road. It's not terribly far for them to make this road trip. Um, but I think Andrews does win this game. Uh, I, you know, I saw them run, run, run uh, plenty of times. Like it's, Again, I think it's going to come down to quarterback play, and hopefully uh, the young man can make plays where necessary, not try to do terribly much that he doesn't have to because they do have athletes around him.
2: So I'm out on an island with Shaw on that one. Uh, next we've got Pelion against Phillip Simmons. This is going to be an interesting one. I think both teams have a chance of winning this game, but I'm going to go with Pelion.
0: I want to go. I want to go Phillips Simmons. God, do I want to go Philip Simmons. They're in the waters. I think first time they've made the playoffs, right? I mean, they had a lot of firsts this year, and that makes me nervous because they don't know what to do when they get here type of thing. But that may play with a favor. I just don't think the experience is going to be there, and, and I'm going to go with you on this one, Brandon. Guys, I want to go with you, and I hope you please me wrong. I'm okay with being wrong on this one, but I'm going to pill you. It's one of those situations where
2: it's both you don't know what you're getting yourself into, so it, kinda, it, it can either play for you because you're not as nervous as maybe otherwise, but at the same time you may be even more nervous. So it, it is one of those interesting little dynamics in this game, definitely. If Philip
1: Simmons wins, I'm going to stab myself in the neck. I was going to stab Richie in the <laughs> oh, neck with a knife if he had picked Philip Simmons. Uh, no, Pelion <laughs> is a way more talented team. Philip Simmons, 3-0 to zero victory over Timberland is not – I mean, come on. Where is even Timberland in the playoffs this year? It's not the same team. It's not Art Frag. You know, they lost a ton of talent. I don't know that they replaced a ton of talent. That some of that talent is starting to get divided up a little bit better over in in that Timberland zone. Uh, Phillip Simmons, come on! They've, I get it; they've never made the playoffs. It's a first. It's a first. You know, it, yeah. There, I, I know the quarterback man. He, he's a baseball kid that should not even be playing football. Uh, his mom is an awesome person, um, you know, and he's a sweet kid and all that. <laughs> but, you know, this is way over his head. You know who I'm talking about. This is way over his head. I love on the, the road fact road that you mentioned the mailman.
0: And you think you you might as well just tell me how great the well the mailman's a great guy. you know' never <laughs> <laughs> are telling me, you know, his mailman's probably a great guy. You know, I mean, I saw the guy go by and pick up some stuff. That guy's great. His neighbors are fun, but I was, I shouldn't be playing any football. You, you realize that you are very close to brother getting kicked out of uh, the low country. you think about against every low country team today. Have you realized that by the way? I picked Andrews. I just picked Andrews. What are you talking about? Andrews is not in no. the low Country, dude. They are like in no man's land. They're between the Grand <laughs> Strand and the Country. But I'll give you Andrews just to keep you with an address here. Well, I'll tell country, you what. Buddy. Good. All right, well, I, I'm, I'll tell you what.
1: We'll just – and sorry, Brandon, no disrespect. Just to quiet this noise uh, in between us on on the radio here. Uh, you know I'm going Woodland next game, so – there you go. There's a low country. Okay.
2: <laughs> there you go. Okay,
3: so Woodland-Barnwell, I am I have
0: to agree with you. I'm going Woodland on that one as well. Yeah, this Barnwell team, I said it, they're not the same team. They don't have the same dogs hunting on the same field. I like what Coach Cyber's putting together. My man, K.J. Rollins is going to run for a dozen. He'll hit three or four touchdowns, and in the backfield – Marcus Morrison, write his name down and make sure that you send it to all your closest friends because he's going to implicate the no-fly zone on the defense. I think Woodland wins this one. They continue their drive, and the only team that beat them was a team, well, we won't talk about them, but we do know that they won the region. They've got a ton of region guys on this team. They are loaded athletically. They are probably the underrated, under-talked-about team in the low country, Dome. In this side of the world, so I go big with Woodland. I think Woodland kind of hopefully makes a big statement tonight, and they move on to round two.
1: Yeah, and finally,
0: that one. finally we've got
2: Marion and Andrew Jackson. I think we can all agree Marion uh, pulls this one out.
0: Yeah, I go with that. I think it's a safe bet. You know, Andrew Jackson, congratulations! You made the playoffs, Sweet Sixteen. Right? Let's not. Think about that, you know, i forget about that. You know, this is the 16 best teams in each classification. Unfortunately, they'll be part of that 40 teams. They'll be checking in their pads come Monday morning. And I'll go Marion on this one as well. You do? Yeah, it's
1: not It's not often that you have a, a one or two uh, defensive linemen in a 1A school that's going power five. We know Marion has the big boys committed to University of South Carolina. They have another defensive lineman that's getting a lot of good looks. Uh, you know, I just, there's no way Andrew Jackson is going to be able to stay uh mount any type of sustainable offense against that defensive line from Marion. Uh, so I'm going Marion in this game.
2: All right. So there you have it. There's our picks for one a and two a, uh, thanks for joining me this morning. Uh, maybe, uh, I'll have you guys join me around like eight We'll, uh, finish these up, go three, four and five, uh, but right now, I will take a quick break. We'll have David David Shelton on in just a little bit, and uh, we'll talk to him about all the things going on down in the Low Country. Get you guys ready for the FDHSL playoffs here on Sports Unlimited on Sports Central.
4: Ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse to the uptown town road. I'm gone
3: ride
4: till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Hattie's matted black, got the boots black as match. Ride it on. A-
2: Welcome back, as we now have David Shelton online joining me this morning. David, how's it going?
6: It's going good, going good.
2: We got a, we've got got some big matchups tonight uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, we'll start off in the top uh, classification up in 5A. Big matchup tonight, Goose Creek, Carolina Forest. While Goose Creek is the number one seed, you know, if you look at the rankings, some would say that they might be considered the underdog in this matchup. Would you agree with that? Uh,
6: yeah, I think I think Carolina Forest is probably a slight favorite. Uh I think they've uh, you know, their only loss was to Sumter and Sumter's undefeated and that's and a game Carolina Forest probably should have won and should be hosting a playoff game. And mm-hmm. uh and Goose Creek, you know, they they they, they just haven't played well Really consistently over the last three weeks of the season or so, and 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 you know I saw them Friday night um, play Somerville and and looked pretty good at times, but defensively they still have issues and and Carolina Forest is not a team that you want to have defensive issues against because they can they can do some damage on the scoreboard and uh, you know I think it's a game that Goose Creek can win, um, but. I definitely think Carolina Forest would be considered the favorite, even though they are the road team.
2: How much do the Gators want to get the Panthers back for game, for them knocking them out of the playoffs last season?
6: Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure that, you know, that revenge thing plays into it, but, but knowing, knowing Jason Winstead at Goose Creek, uh, I, I don't think he's using that. I think he's just saying guys if you know, it's been a really tough season. Uh, it's, we've had a lot of distractions. We've had to go through a lot of stuff. And if you want to continue to play one more week, you better bring it Friday night. And I think that's the message he's sending as, as is every coach, you know, we played six games, maybe seven. Some, some schools have only played like, this will be their fifth game. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to, if you want to see this thing into, into week eight or nine, uh, or possibly 10, you better bring your A game tonight, and and I think that's what Goose Creek's going to have to do to win this game. They certainly can. Um, if their quarterback drew more plays, I, I definitely think that gives them a better shot. But, uh, you know, Goose Creek's just got to be able to run the football like they do and, and keep Carolina Forest offense on that sideline.
2: Yeah, de- definitely uh, that's going to be one of the big keys. One of the big matchups uh, in that game is going to be uh, between Adam Janick uh on the perimeter and and obviously uh the the big wide receiver over at Goose Creek Malachi Taylor, Coastal Commit. Uh what do you see who do you see getting the edge in that one?
6: Well, it's hard to say about Malachi because he really hasn't had a, a very productive season. I mean, he's the third leading receiver on that team. Um, I think Kion Smith and James Levine are uh, have been. You know, Levine definitely has been targeted more, has way more catches and and way more yards. Um, you know, I I think Malachi and I don't I don't know the reason for this. I think maybe teams have have really focused on trying to take Malachi you know, out of it, but Goose Creek's got two other really good receivers, um, you know, but I don't think Goose Creek wants to get into a game where where they're dropping back and tossing it around all game long because if they get into that mode, that means they're losing, and they don't want to get behind Carolina Forest. I think Carolina Forest is pretty good offensively, so, you know, as long as Demetri Simmons is a factor for Goose Creek at running back, I think they're in the game. If he becomes more of a non-factor, it's because they're losing and, and they're having trouble catching up.
2: Moving over uh, to Berkeley up against Sumter tonight. What does Berkeley have to do to have a chance against up against Sumter, especially against that defensive front of the Gamecocks?
6: Yeah, I I think this is a tough. This is going to be a tough challenge for Berkeley. I I just think that. Uh, You know, I heard the quarterback, Trey Miner, may not play. He got hurt last week against Fort Dorchester. And if he doesn't play, I I don't see a pathway to victory for those guys. Unless, you know, Sumter turns the ball over, fumbles interceptions, gives Berkeley a short field. I I don't think Berkeley can just line up and go 80 yards, drive after drive after drive against that Sumter defense. Um, They're going to have to find a way to score quick. Get the ball with Solomon Butler's hands, let him make plays, and then their defense has got to step up. I mean, quite frankly, they, you know, they haven't been very good the last eight, the last six quarters against Somerville and against uh, Fort Dorchester. You know, they've given up about ninety points in two weeks, so their defense is going to be challenged to keep to keep Berkeley in the game. And then, if Berkeley can get this game to the fourth quarter. You know, they got some playmakers, they can do some things on the perimeter, but but they gotta get to that point. I mean, they just gotta find a way to stay in the game and the last two games they haven't been able to do that.
2: What are you hearing right now in terms of the likelihood that he does play tonight or have you not heard anything yet?
6: Well well, I mean I, I don't they're not saying anything officially. I just know that uh that he did suffer uh, some sort of uh, collarbone type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, against Fort Dorchester, which would make the second year in a row, but he's had that injury against Fort Dorchester last year at the end of the season. Um, how, how serious or whatever, I, I, nobody's really saying much, but um, obviously if he plays, it's not going to be real comfortable. And, uh, you know, with Justice Boone coming off that edge at 6'5", 250 pounds, you know, if he if he takes a good shot, that could be all she wrote. So, uh, yeah, I hope he plays. He's a, he's a great kid and he's had a great season. But but if he, if he can't go, uh, that's putting a lot on the backup guy and they're putting a lot on the running game. And to be honest, not many people have run the ball on Sumter all year. Yeah. So,
2: uh, moving over to the fort, uh, they play one of the they, – well, they've been one of the best teams in 5A this season – does River Bluff have any chance
6: in this matchup, or is it just going to be all for it all night? So I think for, I think, uh, River Bluff has a chance, but they're going to – you know, they make their living running the football. And if they can have success and move the chains, you know, get in third and twos a lot and not third and sevens and eight, um, move the chains, keep the ball, and then finish it with touchdowns, they certainly could – find a way to pull an upset. Now, you know, having said, hey, that's what we got to do, and then being able to do it are two different things. Um, I think River Bluffs' defense will be challenged by Fort Dorchester's offense. They can run it. They can throw it. They got real good guys, skilled people on the perimeter. Quarterbacks going to be a stud, or already is a stud, as a sophomore, and, and then they got the big running back they can just pound on you with. So, you know, there is a there is a way River Bluff can win this game, but you know, it's almost like Fort's going to have to play poorly and Riverbowl's going to have to really convert drives into touchdowns to have a chance. Yeah.
2: Moving down to 3A, Oceanside Collegiate uh, faces off against Anar tonight. Uh, while it's not the Anar team that won the region last season, they are still going to be a tough out. What What are the keys to this game
6: tonight? Yeah, I mean, here's another situation where Anar comes in ranked seventh, Oceanside's ranked 8 oceanside um, Oceanside's got the home field, but uh, Ainer, again, Ainer loves to play with the clock. They run that clock. They run that ball. They limit the number of possessions you're going to get on offense, and that puts pressure on your offense to score because you know you're not going to get, you know, 15 possessions. You might get six in a game or seven. Um, they're a lot like what Timberland did to Oceanside in the first half of the game this year. The difference is uh, Ainer's probably better and deeper than Hanahan was, and Hanahan ran out of gas and, and couldn't finish. But, uh, you know, Ainer, Ainer's been toe-to-toe with Dillon, uh, had the lead late and lost last year. They beat Dylan. This is a team that's that been there done that. Their quarterback, Noah Jones, is a really good player, really fantastic runner. Um, and Oceanside's defense is going to have to get Ainer third and long, not third and two, because they'll line up with those big old hogs up front, and they'll just keep getting three yards a pop, moving those chains, finishing with touchdowns. Then when Oceanside gets the ball, they got to be able to score, Um, and that puts a lot of pressure on them. So, I I mean, I think Oceanside can win this game, but I definitely think they're going to have to play better defensively than they did, you know, the last time we saw them when they lost to great collegiate.
2: How much is that loss going to
6: impact them, do you think? That, you know, it's hard to say because they really, you know, they laid it on the line. They got behind early and they came back and then they had a chance to win late and didn't get it done. The good thing is is that they were off last week, so they had a chance to flush it. They didn't have to get mm-hmm. right back at it and get ready for ainer. I mean, they knew who they were going to play, but you get that week off and you can kind of put it behind you you know, and move on. But if you're playing the playoffs the next week against a really good opponent, sometimes it's hard to get your focus back. I think they've got their focus back. They've had good preparation. Um Now they just got to go out and execute. And I'll be at that game tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh It's going to be interesting to see the chess match, how it unfolds. How much do you think
2: the fact that, especially this year over any other year previously, because of the way the Playoff is formatted. How much do you think the fact that a lot of these teams have known two, three, maybe even sometimes four weeks ahead, who not only where they're going to be in the playoffs, but who they're facing off against? How much do you think that's going to impact some of these games?
6: Well, I, I think I think especially in this season uh, where you didn't have region games at the end, uh, and like you said, you you know you pretty much knew your opponent. You could start. You know, preparing for that. I mean, you still have region, non-region games, but they don't mean diddly squat in the grand scheme of things. You want to get your team ready for your first playoff opponent. So, it definitely this year. You know, in past years, you you might be playing last week for a region title, and you can't even think about the playoffs. You got to know. You know, you got to focus on getting in the playoffs. Well, and like you said, you know, it's been a couple of weeks, that these teams have known who they're going to play. So you could definitely spend some time with your coaching staff preparing. While you're preparing for those non-region games at the end, you could still be looking ahead and, and getting together, game plan, watching extra film. You get an extra time. You get to watch more film. You watch every game tape if you needed to. So it's definitely different in terms of preparation. Uh, maybe not with the players so much, but you know it wouldn't shock me if some teams last week if they were playing a- a region game i mean a non region game to close out the season, that if they didn't have a day where they said, "Hey, we're gonna focus on team B right now, um we still want to win Friday night, but we gotta make sure i mean to be honest with you, as I said before, winning last week doesn't mean anything
3: um, mm-hmm. if
6: you don't win this week, you gotta win starting this week um you gotta get three wins to get to the state finals, and uh that needs to be your focus.
2: Any other uh, matchups that we haven't talked about that you're looking forward to in the first round?
6: Well, I think I think there's some really good really good matchups on a statewide level. Um, you know, I mean who who's going to argue that the, a first round game between Burns and Gaffney isn't like huge? Um, you know, that's that's typically a game you would see in the third round or the fourth round, and now one of those two pretty good teams is going to get knocked out of the playoffs in the first round. Um, so I, I think, you know, that's a game that a lot of people will will focus their eyes on around the, from around the state. Um, and then, you know, in a game that really nobody's paying attention to, you know, Phillip Simmons is making the trip to Pelian And, you know, if you'd have bet 10 bucks on the odds of those two playing in a playoff game this year, you know, you'd have been a – you'd have been a pretty rich dude because I don't think anybody had those two schools penciled in the double-A playoffs. And yet Phillip Simmons goes out and beats Timberland three to nothing, the biggest win they've ever had in school history. And that secures them a spot. And then Peely and all they do is go out and beat Barnwell and beat Wade Hampton to win that region. So in that game there, you're talking about two teams that really honestly no one, if somebody tells you they expected both those teams to be in the playoffs, I don't think they're telling you a true story. No one thought this; these two teams would be in the playoffs, not, not to mention playing each other in the first round. So it's going to be a huge win for one of these two schools to get to the second round without a doubt. Neither one of these teams are going to win a state title, um, but getting a playoff win would be huge for the, both programs, you know, as they move forward trying to build programs.
2: Yeah. What we finally got locations announced uh, for the championship games uh earlier this week, actually yesterday what What were your thoughts on the locations?
6: Pretty much what you know that that's pretty much the rumor that was going around. There was a rumor about hermo at one point uh, but but pretty much the talk was Benedict and Spring Valley, Benedict for a while was not interested in hosting. Um, But the way they've got the game spread out now, you're going to have to leave the stadiums completely. Well, at Spring Valley, there's only one game each day, but at Benedict on on Saturday, you're going to have to leave the game, uh, leave the stadium, clear the parking lot, disinfect the stadium, then they play a game, then they do the same thing again. That's why the two sites was imperative, because they want people to actually get in their car and go home. Um, which is basically what they've been telling people at games all season. You know, if you if you listen to the PA, you know, it's, hey, don't yeah. go on the field, get in your car, go home, and uh, make it easy on everybody else. So, you know, I, I think in this year, it's the best they could do. I, I don't – I mean, I can't think of any other – at least it's not spread out over three locations. Mm-hmm. Then a guy like me would have to choose a lot more, and, you know, I'd like yeah. to see as many of the games as I could. And what's
2: good is that it seems like it's spread out enough to where you can get, and and with how close, relatively speaking, the two locations are, you can get yeah. from one place to the other before kickoff of the next game uh, without a yeah. staggering If part.
6: If, if not by kickoff, certainly by, by, you know, sometime in the first quarter. I mean, unless you mm-hmm. just run into major traffic. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's the way I looked at it yesterday, and I was like, yeah, I, I could go from here to here, and uh, get to the get to the location, and then write my story from the game I just left. You know, just be ready to pack up after do interviews and go. Um, you know, it, it'll be challenging, but it'll be kind of fun. You know, yeah. Me, me me driving around I seventy seven like a like a bat out of hell might not be real smart, but you know, it'll be fun. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's always an adventure. Uh, what was also an adventure this past Wednesday was Fall Signing Day. What were some of your highlights uh, cover uh, for Fall Signing Day?
6: I think the biggest thing was the baseball players. Uh, some really good baseball players signed scholarships. Uh, Daniel Brooks for the College of Charleston, Cole Messina, and Aiden Hunter from Somerville with, with South Carolina. Uh, Reed Garris from Wando signed with Clemson. Josh Davis from Stratford signed with Clemson. So, uh, really good uh, group of rising senior baseball players. It's, you know, knock on wood, we get a baseball season um, in mm-hmm. the spring, and there are going to be some really good teams in the Charleston area. Uh, Bishop England, Somerville, Berkeley is going to be very good. Wando is going to be very good. So, uh, But, you know, there are a lot of kids in a lot of sports. And uh, I, I just think that when you look at the list, uh, I, I want to say there was probably 13 or 14, maybe 15 baseball kids signed. Yeah. And that that's a good number for this area.
2: Yeah, there were a lot of baseball players. This was primarily a baseball uh, signing day, which is always fun for me. You know, most people, you know, the big talking point is always football. Football is the cash crop, but, you know, it's always fun talking basketball and baseball as well. You also, you know, while you're focused on high school right now, you do cover Charleston Southern as well uh the big news on the college front was the NCAA being the recruiting dead period through the middle of April were you surprised by this or were you kind of expecting them to push it back even further
6: no I, I was kind of expecting it because i think uh with the with the covid cases on the rise it looks like um i i think they just decided it it wasn't worth the the time i i don't um, I don't. I know the coaches aren't real thrilled with it, but I thought maybe the way things were going a month ago or so, I thought maybe they could lift it in January. But um, the numbers just aren't there, and I, I think they just, um, you know, there there are ways to circumvent those rules, and and I'm sure schools will legally and safely, but uh, I think the NCAA just had to come out with a date and and kind of kind of squelch all the rumors and the and the anxieties about, are we going to be able to recruit in February or January? They just went ahead and did it to April. Um, and like I said, it, it's unfortunate for the kids. Uh, you know, they're counting a whole lot more on film now. Um, not that they didn't before, but they're definitely, you got to, if you're a prospect, you better get you a good film together um, and and get it out there. Uh, you still will be recruited, It'll just be different than it has been for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well,
2: thanks for uh, joining us, David. It's always fun talking with you, and uh, have fun over at Oceanside tonight.
6: Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm glad the rain's gone, and it's going to be a little cool, and, you know, that's the way it ought to be in November.
2: Yeah, it it should be cooler in November. Uh, It's weird uh, having it be 80 degrees in November, definitely. (laughs) All right, well, you have a good show. Take care. Yep, thanks for joining us. Once again, David Shelton from the Post and Courier. Always fun talking with him. Uh, and, you know, he brings up a lot of good stuff, lots of good games. And, you know, he he agreed with me that, you know, Goose Creek is probably the underdog in that matchup, which is weird to say that a one seed is the underdog against the two seed. Uh, but, You know, that's that's the world we live in right now uh, with how the playoffs are. Uh, I'll take a quick break in uh, a little over five minutes. In about eight minutes, we've got Lou Bezjak from the State coming on. Uh, So it's always fun talking with Tim, so we'll have him on. And then Brandon Dunn at 9 from WPDE will run down the rest of the – Brackets as well uh, when we get the chance. So lots of stuff still to talk about here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. back as we are about four minutes away from Lou Benjak from the state coming on and like we were talking about with David Shelton real quick while I've got the opportunity I'll run down through a couple of the signings from early signing day that occurred on Wednesday Uh, you know a lot of a lot of Fairly big names, a lot, a lot of big names signing, a lot of big-time schools getting signed, primarily baseball, but some basketball and football guys. A couple of football guys uh, that I'll mention real quick. Nike Nike Johnson from West Florence officially signed with Va Tech. Virginia Tech, he'd been committed there for a while, but now he puts his name on paper and officially declares for Virginia Tech. Troy Moore from Chester, he signed with SC State. Uh, So congrats to those two guys from football. It's going to be interesting to see. I I should have asked David Shelton about this uh, while he was on, but I'm sure I'll have the opportunity to in the future. But no indication yet while the recruiting dead period is still uh, there. I don't think the NCAA has officially said anything in terms of whether – you know, the early signing day in December and obviously National Signing Day in February are still a go. Uh, Or if those are also being pushed back as well. Uh, Obviously, schools are still doing their signing days, their individual signing days. But officially, I don't know if those signing days are still there. Going on to the hardwood, Joshua Beadle from Cardinal Newman signed with Clemson. Robert McRae from AC Florida signed with Wake Forest. AC Florida looking to be a big team, uh, not only on the football field, we'll talk about them later, but also on the hardwood as well. John Butler from Christchurch signed with Florida State. prizing to see a 1A school get, you know, especially in basketball, although basketball, you know, you can stand out a little bit more. But, you know, it's nice to see those 1A schools get the, that recognition of the top uh, of a top ACC, you know, Division I school. Uh, Jacoby Wright from Legacy Early College, he signed with South Carolina. Layla Acox from Ridgeview, signed with East Carolina. B Barnes from Great Collegiate, signed with UMKC. Tyler Rice from Ridgeview, signed with William & Mary. Chase McDuffie from Great Collegiate, signed with North Carolina A&T. And Raekwon Horton from Keenan signed with Charleston. And like David Shelton mentioned, there were a lot of baseball guys. We'll go through a couple of them before Lou Bezjak joins me. Matthew Becker from Chapman, he signed with South Carolina. Lots of South Carolina guys. Uh, Cole Messina from Somerville, he signed with South Carolina. Another Somerville guy, Aiden Hunter, he also signed with South Carolina. Darion Pendergrass from Hartsville, who was who has been committed for a while to South Carolina, he'll officially puts his name on paper and he will be a game Gamecock next season. White Evan from J L Man, he signed with Tennessee. Billy Barlow from North Myrtle Beach, the big pitcher, one of two big pitchers, him along with Cam Freeman over for the Chiefs. He officially signed with Clemson. He's been committed for a while. Reed Garrett from Wando, he signed with Clemson. Josh Davis from Stratford, he also signed with Clemson. Rocco Reed from Greenville, also with Clemson. Tyler Christmas from Fort Dorchester signed with Duke. The opposite, Reese Holbrook from Hammond goes to the rival UNC. A Big East signing, Marshall Whitmer from Wanda signed with Georgetown. Daniel Brooks from Bishop England signed with Charleston. Also going to Charleston is Noah Carter from Lakeview and Clay Alberson from Palmetto. Ethan Salak and Derek Bender from St. James. They both signed with Coastal Carolina. Chase Loggins from Bishop England signed with Citadel. Citadel got a bunch of players. Uh, Also going to Citadel is Wesley Wells Sykes from Lexington, Jack Benedict from River Bluff, Landon Beverly from Aner, and Will Holmes from Boiling Springs. Stephen West from James Island signed with Western Carolina. Sean Hollister from Bishop England signed with Presbyterian. Ty Dooley from Blythewood signed with Radford. Ethan Plyler from River Bluff signed with East Tennessee. Tyson Hall from Chr signed with Winthrop and rounding out the baseball guys, Bradley Lewis from JL Man signs with Bryant. One non uh non cash crop sport, if you will, uh signing that I just wanted to mention, not only because I called, you know, the football game for them, but also just because her story is so interesting. Emma Bucci from Carolina Forest. Uh, soccer player. She signed with South Carolina, and her, like myself, uh, have she has dual citizenship, uh, both U.S. and Ireland, because mm, through Irish law, if your parents or grandparents uh, were Irish citizens, you have the ability, you have the right to become an Irish citizen. And she decided to take it take it up and she's been playing for the Irish Nat the under seventeen Irish national team. So that's very cool. It's very cool to see some uh local players playing for some national teams and uh I, I wish her all the best uh over at South Carolina uh for the next four years. We have Lou Bezek on the line now calling in. Lou, how's it going this morning?
5: Pretty good, Brandon. How you doing? Not, not too
2: bad, not too bad. You've got, uh, you've got some fun matchups. First round of the playoffs. Uh, we finally made it after all the craziness over the season. Where are you going to be at tonight?
5: Uh, Brooklyn, Casey, and Camden.
2: Ah, okay. Uh, starting off in 5A, we got got uh, Ridgeview has to travel out to T.L. Hanna for the first round. What do they have to do tonight to pull off the upset?
5: Uh, stop that run, that that wing T, um, and uh, that's the first thing. And just be able to control the ball on offense, uh, which I think they can do, and move it. It's just uh, if they are able to stop that misdirection on offense, because uh, they haven't faced an offense wing tee. Not too many teams run it, and uh, I think that's the biggest thing for uh, Ridgeview tonight.
2: De- going uh down to 4A Irmo has to travel out to Westside um what what do they have to do to be able to upset Westside
5: tonight stop the passing attack yeah, uh it's the opposite of Hannah uh, they just got to stop that uh um uh, passing attack i know they got uh Westside has that transfer uh from Florida that moved in uh, right before the start of the season, and uh, that's going to be a big thing. And uh is going to have to continue to run the ball. They did that well last week against Westwood. Uh, they had three guys that rushed for over 100 yards. Just going to have to control the clock and keep it away from that uh, that uh, high-powered uh, west side offense and just uh, pound it right at them. Um, Aaron Brand, uh, he knows he usually likes to throw the ball a lot uh, for Irmo, but uh, the, the success of this team is uh, running the ball and being physical up front, and if they can do that, they can maybe have a shot uh, for an upset tonight.
2: Mo- moving down to the game that you're going to be covering tonight, Brooklyn Casey, and Camden, what are some of the keys uh, to that one, and what what does Camden have to do to win
5: this game? Well, just continue to do what they did. I mean, their, their offense is one of the tops in the Midlands. I think they're averaging like 470 yards a game uh three hundred on the ground. They got a Mr. Football finalist in Willis Lane. Um just keep feeding him and uh uh Bracey, Leonard Bracey, Leon Bracey, um uh they're two big things. Uh, and just uh they're gonna be playing with a lot of emotion. Uh one of their backup running backs was involved in a serious car accident. Uh yeah. he's still in the hospital. His sister died um during it so I know they're gonna have a lot of emotion Uh, tonight and just trying to keep that in and just uh, play smart Uh, Brooklyn Casey they had a week off last week and um, they're gonna have a good game plan Uh, they have the tools on offense they got Will Way at offense on at running back and uh, I just don't know if uh, BC's defense will be able to stop uh, Camden's offense but it should be a good matchup I think Uh, The field conditions uh, with all the rain uh, will help uh, Camden a little bit. If this is turf at D.C., I think it would be a little different, but I think it will be a little slower tonight uh, on the grass at uh, Rimp Stadium. Stadium.
2: Uh, Newberry heads to Chesney for the first round uh, tonight. What are some of the keys in that one, and who do you have coming out of that one?
5: I picked Chesney, but I wouldn't be surprised if Newberry – won this one. Uh Newberry's physical once again running the ball. Um they have to get a good game also from Zyaps, the, the quarterback. Um they 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 had an emotional game last week against Batesburg. There's a lot of penalties and all kind of stuff. They just gotta keep things intact and uh feed the ball to uh K J Robinson running it and maybe take a couple shots down the field uh, with uh Zyapps to uh Zach Chalmers so um, it should be a good matchup. I think uh, the, with the way the playoffs are and only the top two teams and then some at-large, I mean, you're going to have a lot better first-round matchups than uh, having to wait a week or two to have these. These are basically semifinal, second-round matchups uh, in the first round. And I think uh, the playoffs are going to be better for it uh, this year.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. One of the at-large bids uh, in 3A is, is uh, what, or Excuse me, I think they're 2A. Uh, um, 1A. 1A. They, oh, oh, no, they're 1A. You're right. Um, uh, they have to take on Blacksville Hilda tonight. Uh, what, what do they have to do to, to get that, pull off that upset tonight over Blacksville?
5: Yeah, uh, Blackville's pre- pretty good on offense. I think uh, stopping their uh, uh, attack is is a big thing. Uh, Whitmire's had a pr- pretty good year in the last couple of years, actually. I just think uh, Blackville, I mean, I think they're a little bit too much firepower on offense and defense uh, for Whitmire tonight.
2: Do you think, and you mentioned it, um, you know, before about how Whitmire with the limited teams this season, this is basically equivalent to what would normally be a second round matchup. Do you think we're going to see more upsets this season due to the smaller bracket and due to uh, how this season has gone?
5: Yeah, I do. I think so. And I don't know some of them, even if you call them upsets, I mean, most of them are, one versus two seeds. I mean, yeah. uh, so, or even some of them, a couple in 2A is like a second place team versus a second place team. So, I don't know. There There's some disparity between the first and second place teams. I, I think um, uh, maybe like a Dutch Fork playing Somerville. I think Dutch Fork is <laughs> uh, a lot more talented as far as and uh, maybe a big, big favorite there. And maybe uh, like AC Florida Travelers Rest. But I think a lot of them are going to be. Uh, good ball games, and I think uh, you're going to see uh, some road teams and second seeds uh, beating region champions tonight, and that's what's going to make it fun. And uh, uh, I know uh, coaches are looking forward to it. I know uh, the quality of football. I mean, you will lose some money as far as I me mean, not having the fans, a lot of fans in attendance, and then that, that extra round. But I think the quality of football tonight is, is going to be really good.
2: Are there any other games, either in the Midlands or otherwise, that you're expecting a good game out of, and that you're looking forward to tonight?
5: Uh, I think it's is it Burns and Gaffney tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. That that I just want to see how Burns is going to respond after last week losing to Camden. Camden goes up there and beats them, and see. I um, know uh, Coach Shaw at Burns getting a little heat for that loss, and just see how they respond. I think that's going to be an interesting ball game. Um, the the Ainer-Oceanside Collegiate, I, I think, is going to be a really good matchup as well. I think there's going to be a lot of points uh, scored. Ainer gave Dillon a really good matchup uh, game the first um, earlier this year. So I think that that's going to be a good matchup. In Midland's matchup, Gilbert and Lake City, uh, second straight year they've played. Um, I think Lake City is a lot better than they were last year and could give Gilbert, uh, a tougher matchup, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. Gilbert's had a great year, um, Colton Mason running the ball and Whiteside throwing it. So uh, they're at home. I know their fans are are really into it. So and they're hopefully maybe looking forward to that, maybe a matchup at home next week against Dillon. So uh, we'll see. But uh, those are a couple of the matchups I'm definitely looking forward to, other than the ones we talked about. Yeah.
2: We already we we finally have the uh, locations for the championships now uh, them being announced
5: yesterday.
2: was this way were these the locations you were expecting?
5: Benedict, that was for sure. i, I wasn't sure about Spring Valley. I thought that early on, but then um, I wasn't sure uh, yeah, Benedict getting the three games, I'm not surprised i'm not well, obviously, we don't know the classifications I think. Benedict has a chance maybe to get the 1A, 2A, and 3A, but that's obviously not finalized. Um, having them both in the Columbia area is good and as far as for um, – you can maybe get cover both games at a time or, you know, just uh, for coverage purposes. Uh, Spring Valley is a good facility for it. It's big and uh, just a little bit of question of the parking and the press box situation, but uh, it's good – And they just put new turf. I mean, it got turf on the field. So it's a good place and a venue. They they hosted championships there uh, years ago, I think 20, 30 years ago. Um, So it should be fun in Benedict with their new turf and and everything. And they got plenty of room. Like I said, not sure about the capacity here and maybe about 2,500, 3,000 maybe at Benedict. Not sure about Spring Valley, but I think we'll we'll find out that in the next uh, week or so. So, yeah, I think it's good. Two good facilities, and um, uh, like I said, I think fans will be – it's not the williams Bryce situation, but yeah. it will be more intimate, and uh, you're going to have smaller scaled-down attendance anyway, so uh, I think it, it should work fine.
2: Uh, this past week, this past Wednesday, it was fall signing day. What were some of the highlights for you uh, from signing in the Midlands?
5: Um, yeah, it was uh, – <laughs> It's always a good day as far as uh, uh, just seeing kids uh, signing uh, the early signing period, and that uh, one of the things that stood out is Reese Holbrook. um, He's uh, his dad's former Gamecock baseball coach now at college Charleston. Just what he overcame as young. He had leukemia when he was young, and doctors weren't sure. Um, and he had trouble seeing the ball and uh, just uh, being an athlete early on and just uh, what he overcame and uh, to see him sign the play at North Carolina where his dad went. It was pretty cool. Um, another good moment was uh, um, uh, Mackenzie Lott from Chapin signing USC Aiken. Her dad's a sheriff uh, Richland County. And just the support she had, uh, former Gamecock Elena coach, is real good friends with her, and she she ended up coming – to the signing and just just to see uh the support that these kids have I mean and the respect that they had getting to the point uh that they did uh it's not about i i it's just about the help they had along the way and the work they put in and it's good to see these kids uh hard work pay off through the years and uh, we'll see it again in uh next month uh with the football the first football signing uh period of the the day of the of the year yeah
2: uh, have you heard anything – I I meant to ask this uh, to David Shelton when he was on earlier. Have you heard anything? Are they still doing re- uh, the early signing day in December or and national signing yeah. day in February, or is that being pushed back?
5: No, that's – I mean, I know they're still doing the early December. Um, I assume they're still doing the one in February for uh, football. I haven't heard anything. I did hear that the recruiting, I mean, there's still – uh, division Division two coaches could go on campus and stuff and you can do business. but uh I, the, what I read this week Division one um may be off the road until April, so you might not yeah. <laughs> uh division, so that, that that's gonna be a big difference but I haven't heard anything different about uh the signing uh, I know a lot of the kids uh football some of the ones around here I mean that are signing early uh they they plan on enrolling in january so uh, I haven't heard any different
2: were you surprised that you just mentioned it, the fact that the NCAA kept the recruiting dead period through the middle of April? Were you surprised when you saw that?
5: Yeah. I mean, at some point you're going to – I mean, I know it's the the money. I mean, with um, not being able to travel the travel budgets and that and the being cautious and that, I mean, with, at some point you're going to have to just let things go and just, I mean, ha- let kids uh, get the visits. I mean, they can do visits it just can't be official and they can't do, I mean, coaches can't be with them. I mean, that uh, they're going to see and stuff. Cause I know like last week, a couple Game Gamecock commitments, uh, they traveled on their own uh, Columbia and uh, paid for their own way to the Texas A&M uh, game and did their own kind of little visit. But uh, yeah, I think eventually, I think it hurts the kids for sure. I think they need to do something about it. I mean, I don't know what, what I know that, being cautious and everything and the travel thing. But, I mean, you're just going to have to let things go uh, eventually and just uh, let these kids uh, get their visits and let coaches get out uh, campus and be able to watch these kids in person.
2: Yeah. Uh, Big news this week, uh, you know, this is technically the the postseason for a lot of schools now, even with the added game. Uh, dean howell stepping down as the head coach for white knoll any early candidates or any early news on who could potentially be
5: taking his spot no early candidates i mean i think there's going to be a ton i wouldn't be surprised if they have about 100 applicants um uh just just it's it's a good position that uh it pays oh oh, if, if they keep it as is as, and not split the two jobs between coach and ad i mean it pays over a hundred thousand dollars and it's in lexington county which is pretty good so uh, i think you're going to have uh, a lot of attractive candidates and uh it's a good area i mean they, they've a couple good years with coach howe a few good years um they got they got to keep the kids as far as uh they've had a few kids transfer out out of the program to different in lexington county and uh with great collegiate as well. So I think um, – but there, there's definitely talent in uh, there, and uh, it's a good good athlete. So I think uh, you're going to have a good share of candidates, not just from South Carolina, but uh, out of state as well. Maybe George, North Carolina. We've seen a lot of North Carolina coaches uh, move this way the last few years and uh, throw in Georgia and Virginia too. So uh, it will be interesting to see. Um, they're talking maybe a little – January timeline maybe uh, the way it happened now it's the first one they can get it um, to kind of have their pick and be uh, the yeah. the first big job opening in the state so uh, I think uh, and maybe hope to have something wrapped up by January uh, Feb- early February at the latest so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out
2: Do you think this is going to be the beginning of the coaching carousel?
5: Oh, yeah. I don't know if you're going to have a lot just because of the pandemic. I mean, the, the pressure to win and stuff like that, I don't think, um, I mean, I think it was just, just to get through the season was the biggest thing. And But Coach Al, I think, uh, was ready for a change, and uh, he'll coach again somewhere, maybe even uh, next year. Um, in the Midlands, I, I could see a few other jobs opening with possible retirements or um, just coaches uh re- ready for a change and around the state too you're hearing a few openings uh, possibly could happen so uh, i don't know if we'll have as big a carousel as uh last year which there were a lot of openings uh, but um uh, there definitely will be some some good jobs come open in the next uh a few weeks or a month
2: well as always it's great talking to you lou and uh have fun over at uh at the game tonight uh You know, it should be a good one. And, hey, we're in the playoffs, so it's going to be a fun time uh, to be a fan. Yep. So, thanks again for joining me. We'll talk to you next week.
5: Okay, Brandon. Thank you.
2: Once again, Lou Bezik from the state. Always fun talking with Tim. and, you know, it, it it it's a fun time just to be, you know, a high school football fan around here. We've got the playoffs right now. Uh we've got a little under a half hour before uh Brandon Dunn joins me. I'm not sure if uh Richie and uh Richie is gonna join me again. I know we were originally talking about doing all five classifications, but obviously with uh with the uh, technical issues earlier on in the show, we didn't get the chance to finish through all of them. But I will give you my thoughts on 3 through 5A now uh, for the next half hour before Brandon Dunn joins me at the top of the So we'll start over at 3A. We'll go to the upstate. Fairfield Central against Wren. That's uh that's an interesting little matchup there, uh between Fairfield Central and Wren. Uh but I think Wren Wren is definitely going to be the favorite. That's another one of those uh weird ones that it was a team in a weaker division, a weaker region that won their region but a team that had you know that is the runner up in a stronger region that has been ranked higher for the majority of the season. And I think Wren this I don't even really consider this one necessarily an upset. I think Wren wins this one. I won't say handily, but it's gonna be I think Wren pulls this one off. Palmetto against Woodruff. Uh you know, this is another one. Woodruff you know, has been receiving votes for Meadow was looking good earlier on in the season, but has kind of fallen off a little bit. I, this is going to be a close game. I think both teams, this is another one where I think the the lower-seeded team may be the favorite in this one. I would have to say so. I'm going to take Woodruff in this one as well. Uh, next, we've got Chapman against Powderville. Chapman has been one of the best teams in the state all season. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Chapman gets the win in that one. The final uh, the final uh, upstate game, Daniel against Chester. That's another one. Daniel has been one of the best teams in the state all season long. Chester has been playing well, too. But Daniel is definitely the, uh, the odds-on favorite for me in that one. Going down to the lower state, one game that I think is – this is probably the game to watch in – this is the game to watch in 3A. Anar against Oceanside Collegiate. Once again, Aynar – you know, the number two seed, only because they're in the same region as Dylan, who is the number one seed in the, in the state. Anar ranked seventh in the latest poll. Side Collegiate at eight. This is going to be a close game. And like I was talking about with David Shelton, I'm going to talk about it with Brandon Dunn as well. As long as Aynar plays their game that they can, that they're known to play, they control the tempo, control the possession. I think ANR can pull it off. Yes, this isn't the ANR team that played, you know, that won the region a couple of or last year. But I think they have a legitimate chance, and I'm picking ANR. I'm picking ANR. Next, we got Camden against Brooklyn Casey. Camden has been one of the best teams in the state all season long. That doesn't change at this point. Camden wins over Brooklyn Casey. Gilbert against Lake City. That's going to be an interesting one. Gilbert has been very good all season long. Lake City has been pretty good. I think Gilbert has enough to pull that one off and win that one. Dylan against Hanahan, no disrespect to Hanahan. They're a good team, but Dylan, Dylan has just been Dominant this season, and that's not going to change. I think this game is not going to be an absolute blowout. This isn't going to be, you know, a huge, huge blowout, but I think Dylan wins by at least two touchdowns. Moving up to 4A, which... You know, 4A, especially in the Upstate, have been kind of wonky. You know, we talked about it before uh, when it came to things. You know, Greenville is ranked eight in the state in 4A, while Greenwood is ranked ninth. Yet Greenwood is the team in the in, in the playoffs, and Greenville is out. So yes, crazy times right now. But you know, let's let's go through these uh, these games. Westside against Irmo, you know. Irma is a good team. Irma is a good team. But Westside, I think Westside is, is going to win that game. Greer against Catalba Ridge. Again, Greer just, I think, has too much. This is going to be a close game. Don't get me wrong. I think Catalba Ridge is going to keep it close. But I think Greer just has too much. Catalba uh, Ridge. South Point against Greenwood. This is going to be another interesting one. This is going to be another close one. Uh, But I think, again, I think South Point has enough to win that one. A.C. Florida against Travelers Rest. A.C. Florida has been one of the best teams, if not the best team, in the state in 4A all year, and that doesn't change here. AC Flora wins this one. Buford against West Florence. This is going to be an interesting one. You know, looking at it on paper, it's a one seed against an at large bid. They're the number three seed in their region. You're thinking, okay, this is this is a game that Buford should win. You know, but if you look at it, and I've said it before, Region Six is the best region in. Uh, in 4A football. and Well, 4A anything. 4A just in general.
3: And I would dare even
2: say that that's the best region top to bottom in the state, period. And so I could very well, I could very easily see West Florence going into Buford. And I saw Buford play, uh, you know, firsthand, a couple of weeks ago, when they faced off against Carolina Forest, I could very easily see West Florence win this game. Now, I'm going to tell you straight up: this is going. To, these are going to be the keys to this game. The defense on both sides of the ball. The, the defense on both sides of the ball is going to be the key in this game. For Buford, it's going to be whether or not they can get to the quarterback. Whether they can get to West Florence's quarterback. Because that defensive line is their strength. For West Florence, it's going to be can the can I, I would have to say that the key to on both um, for both teams is going to be their defensive line play, but for different reasons. For Buford, it's going to be getting to the quarterback and just simply sacking him, maybe trying to force a turnover or two. But for Wes Florence, it's not even so much a matter of sacking the quarterback. It's pressuring the quarterback to make him make a mistake
3: and throw it up
2: in the air, and Nike Johnson can go, go underneath the intercept and run it back for a pick six. I'm taking West Lawrence in the upset. And I wouldn't even necessarily say if it if it is an upset or not. South Aki and Myrtle Beach, these are two
4: two-seeds.
2: And, again, it's another one of those between two schools that – just purely looking at it on paper, without understanding the differences in strength of region, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a close game. And now the big key is going to be, does Myrtle Beach have that after Shepherd? Well, there's going to be two keys to this game. First is going to be whether or not... Uh, Myrtle Beach has any sort of aftershocks, after effects from their loss to North Myrtle last week. That's going to be one. And then the second is going to be the Seahawks' health because Ryan Berger went down in the game against North Myrtle. Adam Randall went down against North Myrtle. Ryan Berger is still not 100% confirmed for tonight's game. I'll talk. I'll ask Brandon Dunn about that when he comes on in just a little bit. But if Myrtle Beach isn't 100% healthy and they're still reeling from their loss against North Myrtle last week, they have a chance, albeit a slim chance, but they have a chance of getting upset here. Will it happen? I'm saying no. I have Myrtle Beach moving on. But they are at that risk. North Myrtle Beach faces off against James Island, the other at-large bid, and North Myrtle Beach is going to win this game. Hand down. I mean, the only way that they potentially lose this game is if they have a hangover from the Myrtle Beach win. But Coach Matt Reel is going to have this team ready. He's going to have this team ready to go tonight. So, North Royal Beach is going to win that game. And then, North Augusta, May River, that's going to be probably the closest game. Well, that and the. Well, I wouldn't even say it necessarily be for West Lawrence. I would say that the, the May River, the May River, North Augusta game, I think is going to be the closest game in. The lower in the lower state in 4A. But I'm taking North Augusta there. So those are my picks for 4A. Now moving up to 5A, T.O. Hanna against Ridgeview. I think T.O. Hanna just has too much Ridgeview. You know, they didn't get all their games in. They didn't get all their games in this season. So you know, I I just think that uh, Hanna just has too much. Gaffney and Burns, that's going to be a good game. That's going to be a fun game to watch. You know, Gaffney, they've been playing very well this season. They've been among the top teams in in five A all season long. Obviously, they had the big up. I I don't I wouldn't say it was an upset victory over Dorman. Uh, back in, towards the beginning of the season. I I take Gaffney in this one. Dorman and Boiling Springs, I mean, Dorman's wanting to get back into the semi, they're trying to get into the semifinals and get the the revenge on Gaffney. Because, you know, that's probably going to be the matchup in the upstate. So, yeah, I've got Dorman in that one. Northwestern against Hillcrest. That's gonna be that's probably gonna be the best game uh in in the upstate, but I'm taking Northwestern in that one. Going down to the lower state, Dutch Fork in Somerville, you know you know, Somerville good luck Somerville. You know, yes, I you know I, I've talked to some people and they've been saying that Dutch Fork isn't the team that they used to be. They're not the team that has won four straight championships, et cetera, et cetera. But I I still think they're the team. You know, it, it's like Alabama. You know, you. It's like Alabama, it's like Tiger Woods, it's like the Yankees. If you're taking the choice between team and the field, the the safe bet is to take that team. Until someone beats them, you take Dutch Fork. Goose Creek against Carolina Fork, I talked about it with David Shelton, I'm going to talk about it again with Brandon Dunn in just a little bit. This is a game, this is an upset waiting to happen. And like I said, I don't even know if I would consider it an upset. Carolina Forest is ranked eighth in the state in, in 5A. Goose Creek is just receiving votes. If it If it wasn't for turnovers, Carolina Forest would be facing Berkeley tonight at home. If it wasn't for sloppy play against Sumter, the roles were, would re, would be reversed, and the Panthers have learned from that. That's going to be the key in this game: is the turnover bell. Can Carolina Forest keep the ball? And if they can do that, they're going to beat Goose Creek. Simple as that. I'm taking the Panthers over Goose Creek. Sumter and Berkeley. You know, Sumter, while they haven't been world beaters this season, they're still a very good team. And Berkeley, they're a good team, but I don't think they have enough. Sumter wins that one. And Fort Dorchester and River Bluff, you know, Fort Dorchester has been one of the best teams in the state all season long. Fort Dorchester wins that one. So, you know, while I asked Lou about upsets and you know there are the potential for upsets and everything uh, i'm I don't see too many you know maybe on paper, maybe on the one and two seed level, you get a couple of an, a couple of upsets, but I don't see a huge influx of upsets coming in, uh, tonight,
3: you
2: know, maybe one or two, but no, no major ones. Going over a couple of more notes, uh, before we take a break and then we'll have, uh, we'll have, uh, Brandon Dunn coming on at the top of the hour. Uh, Like like we mentioned, state championship locations finally announced. Harry Perron Stadium at Spring Valley and Charles W. Johnson Stadium at Benedict uh, are going to be the two sites. No official decision yet on which classifications will be going where, but three will be played at Benedict while two are at Spring Valley uh, as is normal um you know what's and and I talked about it with both David Shelton and, and Lou uh that it's nice that they they staggered the starts in such a way that whether you're a fan or you know if you're a media member now for us, you know, we were we're planning on on covering the games and calling the games. It may be a little bit of a tricky uh road for us to be able to do that because of uh because of the time differentials and the travel that it will require but we'll we'll give you the updates on that as as we get them uh so that's that's what to uh expect there looking forward to the championships. Um and will be a lot of fun. Dutch Fork stays at sixteenth in the Max Press top twenty five. They are one of the best teams in the state and like I said before, you don't bet against them until someone proves you wrong. I talked about it with Lou, Dean Howell, stepped down as the White Knold fo- football head coach getting uh getting that uh getting that uh coaching carousel started up. A couple of recruiting notes outside of early signing day uh, from this week um, before I take a quick break, and we'll have Brandon Dunn coming on in just a little bit. Drew Bobo from Hammond offered by West Virginia. Dylan Snyder from West Florence. He was offered by South Carolina. South Carolina was busy here in the Palmetto State. By Keith John. Zykef Johnson from Westwood also offered by South Carolina, as was Ronnie Porter from Heathwood Hall. The Citadel was also busy. They offered Chad Ismael from Blythewood, Striker Dandy from Ben Lippin, Jacob Riddle Hoover from Boiling Springs, Thomas Johnson from Anar, Nathan Harris Wainick from Sumter and Nicholas Solomons from Spring Valley. Antonio Williams from Dutch Fork, he gets another offer. He was offered by Georgia Southern. Trent Pierman from D.W. Daniel, offered by UAB. Amir Dendy from Pendleton, offered by Utah. Jordan Mahoney from South Point, offered by UMass. D.J. Aiken from Bluffton, offered by Liberty. Paris Ferguson from Spartanburg, offered by Central Arkansas. Adam Randall got another offer. He was he offered was offered by LSU, big offer for the Myrtle Beach Star, and Avery Hewitt from Dylan. He committed to Campbell, and the big news, which we'll we're gonna try to get him on. if not for his decision. Certainly the next day for his you know to talk to him about his. Uh, His recruitment and all that, Chase Simmons from North Merrill Beach, has announced that he will make his commitment next week, next Thursday as of right now. Uh, He will announce where he will be going to school uh, next season, uh, or in a couple of seasons next week. He's down to Coastal, Charlotte, and Georgia State. So be sure to tune in next week. For that. We'll take a quick break and come right back and we will have Brandon Dunn on here on Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central, and joining me now is Brandon Dunn from WPDE. Brandon, how's it going this morning? Going well. How you doing, man? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Before we get started on what everyone's talking about this morning, obviously playoffs. Talk about last. Let's talk about last week. Big shocker last week. North Myrtle Beach beating Myrtle Beach pretty handily uh, to clinch the Region 6 title. Does that make the Chiefs the odds on favorite to win the lower state, or do you still think the Seahawks can rebound and overcome this loss?
7: it's um, a good question. Uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs are the favorites uh, to, win this, uh, to win the whole thing, actually, to be honest with you. Um, lower state and, and, and the state championship, to be honest, they're, they're playing really well. Uh, Myrtle Beach is, um, you know, the thing about Myrtle this year is they've just been really inconsistent at times. They've looked like Myrtle Beach, and then at other times they haven't played really well. And, you know, the thing about them right now is they're just beat up. Uh, Ryan Berger's listed uh, as day-to-day. Who knows if he's going to play tonight? Um, My gut feeling is he probably won't, but who knows? I I I don't know that for sure. Just kind of what I've seen and and kind of hurt around um Randall probably will play tonight which is a good sign uh at least they'll have him back now I highly doubt he's 100% because he really uh messed that ankle up pretty good um he was really hobbling around on it last week and uh you know ankle injuries are uh, are brutal um so uh it, it takes a little time to to get back so I highly doubt he's 100% so We'll see I mean I, I you know they go to South Aiken tonight, Myrtle Beach does. Um, you know, they're better than South Aiken. should they win? Mm-hmm. Yes, so we'll we'll see how that one plays out. But yeah, I think North Myrtle Beach is is the favorites um, right now. they are uh, they're playing really well. their defense is is playing outstanding. They're forcing turnovers. special teams has been really good this year. They blocked a punt last week that led to a touchdown a couple of plays later. And uh, you know, they're creating turnovers and that, that's uh that's a recipe for success and their their offense is um when it gets going it, it's it's tough to stop. So um yeah, I, I think uh I think they've got a, a really uh good chance to, to reach lower state and, and, and actually uh win the whole thing.
2: You mentioned Ryan Berger and Adam Randall. That was one of the that were that was one of the big keys to the Chiefs win last week. Uh I know you said you haven't heard anything yet, but what's the chances of Berger playing? And, you know, especially with Berger probably out and Randall not at 100%, is there that chance of South taking pulling off the upset, or do you think even without those two, either on the field or at 100%, that the Seahawks are still safe tonight?
7: No, I mean, anytime you go on the road and have to win on the road... Um, especially in the playoffs, uh, you know, you, you, uh, there's a chance you're going to lose. Yeah. I mean, having Ryan not in there. And, and like I said, I, I would be doubt, I, I would be surprised if he played tonight just because that ankle. It's, uh you know, he, he was really having a hard time on it uh, last week. And, you know, there had been speculation that maybe he broke it. Well, that, that wasn't the case. He didn't break it, but the, the, uh, the injury, uh, you know, was, uh, was, was pretty bad. You know, it, it was a, pretty bad uh, ankle injury. So, uh, you know, who knows? Um, uh, Like I said, I hear speculation. I hear, you know, things, things to the grapevine that um, he probably won't play tonight. But, you know, if he goes out there and plays, then obviously, um, you know, he was able to heal pretty quickly. But we'll see. But, you know, I... Yeah, who knows? You know it's it's football. Uh, things don't bounce yeah. your way, and you create turnovers, and you don't have that consistency A quarterback. Anything can change the game, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't go, um, you got Jake uh, Doty out there um, who's got the potential to uh, to be a good player. He's just young. You know his first game last week was uh, was um, eye-opening experience. I mean that's that's a tough game to get thrown into your first varsity game. I think he did pretty well, all things considered. Um so, you know, Ryan Birch in all likelihood will uh will play quarterback uh for Mickey tonight if if Ryan can't go. So um so who knows? But you know, if if Adam Randall's out there, even if he's let's say he's eighty percent, well he that's still eighty percent Randall. So uh you know, if uh, if he's out there he, he changes the game a lot. Now if he's not out there, obviously that changes the game a lot as well. Because that means they can double team JJ and make somebody else beat Um,
2: You know, you mentioned their backup, Birch. Is there a chance that he could potentially do what Ryan Berger did last year and and come in in the playoffs and and lead this Seahawks team to you know at least far into the playoffs and. And be a little bit of a threat to Berger next season. Um, you know, the thing with Birch is, uh,
7: you know, I I don't know because he's 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 more of a receiver than he is a quarterback. Um, you know, you knew with Ryan when you threw him in last year, he he was going to be your future. I mean, you know, he was the guy behind um, Doty. And uh, they knew that he, he could do that. You know, Birch is more of a, of, a, of a guy who can get in and do the job. Now, could he lead you to, deep into the playoffs? I don't know. Um, I don't think he's that type of uh, a player to go in there and do that. Um, you know, like, and, then, and like I said, you, then you got Luke, um, Doty who could come in. But, you know, he's just young. Um, and, and that's the whole thing about, about him. And it just depends on how quickly he can pick things up. If, uh, if he has to play tonight and, uh, uh, you know, there's so many questions it's, it's hard to, it, it, it's hard to, to know how things would play out, but I, I, I would be hard pressed to think that Myrtle could go very far if, uh, if, if they don't have Ryan in there, at least come back next week. Um, you know, I, I could be mistaken, but I don't see them. Um, let's just say they, they get to the third round and play North Myrtle Beach and Ryan's still not there. I don't know if they can. I don't think they can beat North Myrtle Beach with Birch or uh, or Doty. That's uh, just my yeah. opinion. Now, they could, but I, I just I just don't see it.
2: Yeah. Going back to the Chiefs, uh, you know, we know how Matt Reel is. He's going to have this team ready. But are they, do they have that risk of having that hangover from the Myrtle Beach win tonight, and kind of coming out sluggish, or do you still think that they can handle James Island pretty easily?
7: I think they handle James Island pretty easily. I, you know, that's the thing that that Matt has built that he, you know, he's he's helped build that culture. You know, it started with Blair Harden, and uh, even the coach before Blair um, really set the foundation, and Blair added to that and 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 Matt's been able to to add his wrinkles and you know they're a lot like um Myrtle in that in that aspect where they're not going to let one game dictate how the other game's going to go um so you know I don't I don't see them having a problem with James Island tonight unless unless turnovers are a factor and they've been pretty good holding on to the football this year and you know so yeah I don't I don't see them beating James Island
2: One game that may come down to turnovers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One team that may, or one game that may come down to turnovers, uh, moving up to 5A, in spite of the fact that they're the lower seed, every poll has Carolina Forest higher than Goose Creek. Would you say that they're the favorites in this game, in spite of it being on the road? Yeah, they're
7: the favorites in this game. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you were at the Sumter game. They're, they're, uh, they were what five plays? You know, you you change one of those five plays around, and they're at home tonight. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I don't, Can I don't see them in
2: there uh, at do what? You, if you just change that one play at the end of the game, where uh, where Janik fumbled the ball when they were trying to run down the clock, that game's over.
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there was a, quite a few. Um, plays there that they could have ended that game I mean that obviously that was one that was a big one but there was a few other ones there that um you know they they if they had um the ball go their way so to speak yeah that game was a different thing but yeah no I, I they, they you know if they're playing the way they're supposed to play um and uh, I was at practice earlier this week and they they were zoned in um you know they know it's playoff time and this is what it's all about. So yeah, they they should they should handle business tonight um, down there at Goose Creek, and then uh, you know turn their attention to Dutch Fork. Um, you know, so it, we'll see how that one goes. That that should be a uh, interesting uh, a ball game. You know, they they had their opportunities last year against Dutch, and just turnovers were uh, came back and 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 kind of bit them bit them in the rear, and that was uh, that was one of the aspects of that loss last year. So. We'll, we'll see what happens this year, but yeah, they should they should be fine tonight.
2: Moving down to 3A, you know, Anor isn't the team that they were last season, but they're still a good team. What do they have to do to win over Oceanside tonight?
7: they got to play a really good game. I mean, they got to be solid in all aspects. Um, you know, talked to Jason Allen this week, and you know, he was just rattling off how good Oceanside was, and he said it's probably the biggest offensive line that he's ever seen that he's had to, you know, deal with, uh, in terms of, uh, an opposing offensive line. And, you know, they've got, they've got skilled players all over the field and, you know, they're just going to have to play a really good game. Um, every aspect has to be clicking. They got to hold on the football. Uh, that was another thing. And, you know, they, they can't, they can't afford a, to, uh, to put the, put the ball on the ground or have turnovers and, you know that, that's pretty much the key on in every game at, the, at this point, man. You just you know whoever can win that battle is is going to be in pretty good shape, and you know having to go down there and and play is uh, is uh, tough. So you know Jason knows they got their hands full, but he also knows that you know if they play the way they can, and that offense is is so different and it's so hard to defend um, that uh, maybe they can. You know, he's hoping they can uh, have long, extending drives, scoring drives, and just kind of chunk up the uh, time on the
2: clock.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – they,
2: they're going to need to have the, the ball bounce their way a couple of times to, to win this one. Any other games you're looking forward to uh, in the first round, whether it's in the area or or elsewhere in the state? Yeah, you know,
7: um, West Lawrence got in as the – class 4A at large and they're going out in Buford and I you know you saw Buford as long as I did as well as I did against Carolina Forest and you know Carolina Forest uh played really well that game and and I uh you know I I I at that time Buford was ranked and uh mm-hmm. I, I was kind of surprised um you know at that outcome and just how Carolina Forest uh kind of dominated that game and you know, West is, uh, West is one of those teams where they can, they can get it done. They can go down there they and they can win it too. So that, that's a game I'll, I'll be interested in to see because uh, it sets up an opportunity. If Myrtle does what they're supposed to and West wins, they could play again uh, next mm-hmm. week uh, here at the beach. So that would be a good, uh, a good game for, for our area, have two local teams in would, the second round.
2: Would you say that West is perhaps even the favorite in that game? Um,
7: it's a good question. Um, I don't know if they would be
2: the I think, favorite. I think West Florence to win that game.
7: Yeah, I I think they they should win the game. Um, I I don't know about favorites. I mean, I think if you're at home, um, and, and it's not like Buford's not a you know they're a good football team. Um, you know I think just Carolina Force is a, is a better football team than they are. But, uh, you know West is playing well, I mean you know the the two losses they had were the the top two teams in the state and Myrtle and north myrtle beach, so um you know i favorite i don't I don't know i I, I don't know if I can answer that question to be honest with you, should they win, yes, so I guess that i mean I guess that answers your question, I guess they would be the favorite since they should win
2: yeah yeah if, if, if they should win, it probably makes them the favorite uh. The other big news this week was uh, the fall signing day. What were some of the highlights? Obviously, West, you know, Nike Johnson signing with Vod Tech. But give me some of your other highlights uh, from this
7: past Wednesday. Uh, Emmy Rollins uh, up at West yesterday, too, um, signed to play volleyball at South Carolina. Uh, That's a huge accomplishment. I mean, you know, anytime you can go play at a Power 5 school, that's a, that's a big deal, and she's been committed to um, South Carolina for a long time. I think three years to be exact. And you know her signing with the Gamecocks that was that was a that was a big deal. And then of course, uh, Emma Bucci over at Carolina Forest, yep. um, arguably the best soccer player to ever play at Carolina Forest. I mean her resume speaks for itself. And you know she's signing with the Gamecocks too to go up there in Columbia and play for a very very good uh, women's soccer program. Um, you know, they, they do really good up there and she's, she's going to fit in. And I, I think she's going to be, uh, she's going to be a force to reckon with when she gets up there and, and plays, plays for the Gamecocks. Those were, those were two big ones. And then of course, you know, you've got, uh, Ethan Slack and Derek Bender down in St. James, who both signed with Coastal Carolina to play baseball. Uh, that's a huge get for Gary, uh, Gilmore for, uh, for Gilly, uh, to get those two young men and, you know, um. Coach C Robbie uh, down there Saint James was saying that that's the first time that he's ever had uh, any of his players go to Coastal Carolina. So again, that just shows you that Gilly is um, you know going to get players from from around the uh, from around the, the country, but he's also going to make sure that he doesn't let those elite guys from uh, from right here in our backyard go. Um, I think another one was Billy Barlow signing with Clemson okay. baseball up at North Myrtle Beach. He did that on uh, on Wednesday as well. Did didn't have a ceremony. I think he said he's going to try to do that after football season. Uh, but he's officially signed, and that's that's a big deal. Obviously, to have one of our local local guys going into Clemson to play baseball oh, yeah. for, for Monty Lee. So, um, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good signing day. Um, a lot of good players uh, going to go, and then Kennedy Ellis over at Ainer, uh signing with softball for Coastal Carolina. So that's another local player staying staying home to play for the Clears. And uh she's a good one, she's a good pitcher.
2: Yeah, lots of good uh lots of good baseball signings, uh, on Wednesday that, you know, really gets you excited for the baseball season, you know, hopefully we get a uh,
3: full baseball
2: season this year, uh and should be fun. Uh what were some of your thoughts on the you know on a location for the, the state championships this year?
7: Um you know I'm glad they were able to go back to Benedict I mean you know it's just it it's where it's been um you know they they know how to put it together and get it done there it's been there for a while now so having class A and two a uh back at Benedict is, is a good thing and, and you know I I think the venue for uh for the other um schools is good you know I it's a, it's a nice stadium uh, it's a nice facility. Um, you know, obviously, it's not Williams-Brice. I know that was kind of the big thing for a lot of those kids to be able to go play at Williams-Brice and things along those lines. But I think this year with COVID, just I think those kids wouldn't care if they had to play in the parking lot at Kroger uh, if they if it had a state championship opportunity on the line. I think they would; those kids would play anywhere, given what we've uh, what we've had to go through so far this season.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's just a good. It, it's just good to see them on the field and everything. Uh, one final question before I let you go. Uh, one of the big news that came out on the college level, the NCAA keeping the recruiting dead period through the middle of April. Were you surprised by this?
6: No,
7: not really. I'm never surprised by anything the NCAA does, my friend. Never surprised. Um. You know, with COVID, they're going to do everything they can to, I guess, keep people safe. And yeah. uh, you know, uh, however that goes, I mean, you know, we're in a pandemic. How we don't even know how long it's going to last, and yeah. if we're going to get a vaccine. I mean, all that stuff. So I no, not that doesn't it didn't surprise me. No, um, I I will say one other thing off the record. Well, not off the record, uh, <laughs> off the subject of the NCAA. Um, I was just on here on my phone a minute ago, and it looks like Dylan, who was supposed to play Hanahan tonight, moved their game to tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah, so according to their uh, Twitter page, they're playing uh, Hanahan at four tomorrow. So a four o'clock quick kickoff at Dylan Memorial Stadium. So according to their Twitter page. So i got to do a little research and get off the phone with you.
2: Yeah, some games getting moved around. Uh, I know there was some speculation that because of the – Tropical storm coming through that games could potentially get pushed back to Saturday, but obviously because of the speed of the storm, it got you know that didn't happen at all. Uh, But yeah, so it's going to be a fun uh, next couple of days. Where are you going to be? I'm assuming you're going to be at North. Yeah, I'll be at North Myrtle tonight.
7: Um, See how that one goes. But of course, I we got we have people all over the place, and we'll have full highlights and. A lot of highlights, Carolina for us tonight. All the road games, Ainer, uh, West Florence. Um, so we'll be uh, we'll be all over the place. And, and you know, tonight's the semifinals for the private schools. So we got three teams in the semifinals and trying to punch their ticket to the state championships. And PD Academy, uh, Carolina Academy, and Dylan Christian. So those three uh, looking for an opportunity to reach the state championship games next week. So we've got a whole. Full, full full list for you tonight on the
2: inside yep. of 1120. Yep, always fun. And, hey, basketball season is just around the corner too, so it, it never ends. No, it never ends, man. Well, once again, it's always fun talking with you, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All
7: right, safe travels down there to uh, Goose Creek.
2: Yes, yes, indeed. The two two two-and-a-half-hour drive, I think it is. Yeah,
7: it's not close. But uh, it, it could be worse. You, you could be going to South Aiken.
2: That's yeah, what Myrtle's got to do. That's a four-and-a-half-hour drive. Basketball last, for basketball last season, I went uh, North Augusta, Buford, North Augusta, uh, Hilton Head. So. Yeah, that's uh,
7: that's brutal. i that's, uh, that's seen a lot of South Carolina. Like a week. Yeah, that's
2: that's brutal. All right, my friend. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Talk to you next week. Once again, Brandon Dunn, always fun talking with him. Uh and he's got he's got a good one that uh that he'll be at tonight. Uh you know, North Myrtle Beach against James Island. Should be an easy game for North Myrtle Beach to win. Uh but, you yeah, know, who knows. Some quick uh some quick notes before we uh, take a quick break and then we'll wrap things up with about 40 minutes left to go on the show. Uh, like I mentioned, like I talked with a bunch with all of those guys, the recruiting dead period extended out to April 15th. I I kind of get, like I get what everyone's saying. I understand that the NCAA is being as cautious as possible. But so many states are playing games right now. Colleges are playing games. Uh, You know, if more states, if if over half of the states weren't playing high school football right now, I would get, I would understand it a little more. But most high school, you know, most states are playing high school football right now. So, I mean, and I understand that it's a lot easier to recruit nowadays with, huddle and tape all around and, and all of that. So I understand why it's a little simpler now, but it's still kind of hard. I know I, I think I mentioned this on a show before that I read some, you know, I read a California high school football coach say we're going to see a lot of guys going to, you know, either post-grad schools or junior colleges this uh, for from this class, the class of 2021, because there just aren't the position. Between the fact that everyone is getting an extra year of eligibility and on top of that, the fact that these coaches aren't able to do what they normally do, those guys that may be right on the cusp of getting a Division One offer but aren't quite there yet or, you know, the, the coaches need to see something that they don't see on the field and stuff like that. They need that extra boost. Those guys more than likely are probably going to go Juco this season. And then they'll build themselves up and get ready for, you know, Division One in a couple of years. Uh, so, you know, that's my take on it. You know, I I wish it didn't have to be this way, but I understand why it is. Um, even though I do think, you know, with most schools or most states playing football right now, it, it seems like uh, they should be able to recruit a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. Unfortunately, these guys, I mean, I don't know... I mean, at least you're playing. At least you're playing this season. Uh, I will say that the the spring guys from the class of 2020 got the work, got the the shortest and the the shortest straw. But this is still not very good for the guys that are kind of in that you know no man's land position. Uh, one other note that was. Honestly, kind of surprised, and I understand that they don't care quite as much and and all of this, and they and it's not a big power and all of that, but the Ivy League fully cancelled their basketball season. they will not play basketball at all. I was surprised at this, in spite of the quaman cases. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this affects the Ivy league teams moving forward. If the NCAA will allow a mass exodus, obviously the, obviously the players, well, not necessarily, there are some players who could potentially go to, you know, top programs who decided to get the Ivy league education. Not sure if, those players would decide to stay or if they would decide to transfer for basketball purposes. But it'd be interesting to see how that turns out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Based on how the press release was uh, worded, it makes me assume that spring football is canceled in the Ivy League as well. But I did not see anything specific on that in the release, so that's going to be something that will be interesting to see what the official decision on that is. is. You know, is spring football still a go, or is is spring football canceled in the Ivy League, and we're not going to get any sports, you know, at least until the spring sports, if not even further than that. Maybe we don't get any Ivy League sports at all this season. You know, again, it's not, you know, the cream of the crop, but it's still a big story, especially depending upon uh, how how things go, uh, you know, over these, uh, you know, o- over, you know, o- over these next, uh, you know, couple of weeks or, or what not. Um you know so that's that's a big story that that definitely is a big story uh you know with everything going on right now uh so you know something to keep an eye on definitely uh something to keep an eye on. I don't think it's gonna have the major impact like it did uh with you know, with um, with the basketball tournament, you know, back in March or anything like that where it will be have that domino effect. I mean, we thought that was going to happen in the fall with the Big Ten, but that never happened either. So, you know,
0: everyone else
2: seems to be moving on, but we'll see how that uh, turns out. I'll take a quick break. And then we'll come right back with some final news and notes. Uh, and as always, if you want to call in, get your thoughts on the playoffs, get your thoughts on anything else around the world of sports. 323 784 9681 is that number to call. That number again 323 784 9681. We'll be right back and wrap things up here on Southern Sports, on Sports Unlimited, on Southern Sports Central.
4: i gonna ride till I can't no more I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I got the horses in the back, Horse stock is attached and is mad at black Got the boots is black to match Riding on a horse ha, You can whip your horse. I've been in the valley You ain't been up off that Porsche Now can't nobody tell me Guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bra. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. God knows stress, I be-
2: Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. And as always, if you want to give a, a call in, talk about some sports with me, 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. We'll run down some national news for the final half hour. Uh, first, some MLB news. Jose Brady was named ALMVP with Freddie Freeman being named NL MVP. Not all that surprising there. Both players played very well in the short and 60-game season. Shane Bieber named A.L. Cy Young, with Trevor Bauer being named N.L. Cy Young. No real surprise there as well. Kyle Lewis named A.L. Rookie of the Year, with Devin Williams being named the N.L. Rookie of the Year. And now the big news um, not so much on the NL side. Don Mangling named the NL manager of the year. Not really all that surprising. The Marlins played very well this season, relatively speaking, you know, especially with the problems that they had at the beginning of the year with COVID, uh, and being able to get into the playoffs, albeit, you know, sneaking in, in the expanded playoffs. But still Marlins making the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Uh so Congrats to him. But the big one is Kevin Cash from Tampa, from the Tampa Bay Rays, being named AL Manager of the Year. The reason why this is controversial is because of what happened in the World Series. But you have to remember the Manager of the Year awards, those awards, the end of year awards, are for the regular season. Playoffs don't count, postseason doesn't count. So, in the regular season, I would have to agree. Kevin Cash was the best manager in the AL. Now, do I agree with his move in the World Series? Absolutely not. Does it hopefully change things in in baseball? Absolutely. But just focusing on the regular season, his strategies worked in the regular season. They didn't work so well in the postseason, especially not in that final game of the World Series. But you can't discount what he did during the regular season. Other MLB news: Ar- Alex Cora hired back by the Red Sox. Kind of surprising to me, considering how the Red Sox were one of the teams that Alex Cora's Astros beat due to the sign stealing and due to the uh, you know controversy and you know uh, sign gate or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so, kind of surprising that the Red Sox decided to take him back, but the Red Sox definitely needs some help uh, if they want to get back to their winning ways. Some NBA news real quick. Russell, Wil- or Russell Westbrook, not Russell Wilson. We're, we're not hugging football. Russell Westbrook uh, apparently wants out of Houston. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he'll be able to get it or not. Uh, you know, the... While he's not what he used to be, uh, I still think that he has value. He has work uh, in the league, so the the Rockets are definitely gonna want something for him. Now, whether or not you know the 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 question on whether or not he's gonna be able to get out of Houston. Is all going to be determined based around what the asking price for Westbrook is. If they can make a trade that benefits both the Rockets and the team that they're trading to, which the Rockets need big man help. The Rockets need a big man if they if they want to uh, if if they want to play uh, they want to continue playing uh, well, and if they want to. Be one of the contenders in the Western Conference once again.
0: Some NFL news
2: going over uh, to the gridiron. Some not too many big games this week. Not too many games where you're really saying, you know, oh, this is going to be the game to watch. Uh, Eagles Giants. That's going. I mean, kind of surprisingly, you know, the Giants could very well win this game, and they'd be right in contention. In the dumpster fire that is the NFC East. Uh, Lions are trying to get back to their winning ways, facing off against Washington. Uh, Chargers and Dolphins. Surprisingly, Dolphins are at 5-3 and three right now. They're playing very well behind Tua. And the Chargers behind Justin Herbert? I mean... Blown a couple of games that they should have won over the last couple of weeks, so it's been uh, it's been a tough slog for them over the last couple of weeks. We've got a call on the line. I believe it's Richie. How's it
0: going, Richie? Yes, sirree. Yeah, I know you're talking a little NFL, but I thought I'd get you some breaking news, and and I apologize I didn't get a chance to get back in here with you before now. And not sure if you gave it out yet, but they have moved the game from tonight at Dylan in, in uh, Hanahan, that's a team down in low country, they're going to play that tomorrow, you uh, know, Dylan yeah. will practice today, so they got another day of practice. But, uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to see as many games moved as, as some thought. I can tell you this, Steve and Pratt and the boys at court did a great job of preparing for what it was, and they actually put a tarp between the 25 and 25, and that's usually where most of the action is, right? You see that uh, getting worn out a lot. So that part of the field is going to be in pretty good shape. It holds pretty decent water. You know, I'm curious to the game that you guys are going to go down to, as you'll be heading down there to Goose Creek. That doesn't hold very well. Uh, It's got a crown like you've never seen. I mean, honestly, if you're on the sidelines, you won't be because you'll be in the eye in the sky. But when you are on the sidelines and you stand on one side, you really can't see the guys on the other side. It's a very amazing runoff, if you will. But that being said, you know, I remember last year, Somerville went in there after that big – Rainstorm in uh, round two of the playoffs, and it was a uh, man, it was a mud bath. It was crazy, but uh, you know it should be an interesting one. And then uh, you know uh, the the news yesterday coming out, Brandon, with uh, Spring Valley right and yeah. Benedict College hosting the, the the state championships. And I know everybody's asking the question: Well, who's holding what? If I was a betting man, when I say that Benedict's probably going to get the five, four, three, possibly. But don't undermine the the facility at Spring Valley. It is a very yeah. nice facility. And I like the aspect of us playing lower state than upper state. But evidently somebody, it sounds like might have gotten them some feelings. I don't know who because it didn't make sense to me because if you didn't have it this year, you'd have had it next year. Yeah. And that would have been kind of a neat thing. I would have liked them to have see, seen possibly the likes of them coming down to the low country and playing some games at the Citadel and maybe Charleston Southern. But for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, the world of sports, you know, when it comes to football, they don't get it. You know, we ought to have a bowl game down here. We ought to have some other football events down here. If we're the number one destination in the world in multiple magazines, I'm kind of shocked that they don't utilize that as an opportunity to do some more of that down here. Because, again, you know, Johnson Agood's got that new field down there. I know that's the home also of the Oceanside Land Sharks, that very that strong 3A program hosting in tonight. But also, if you look at what Charleston Southern facility, five-star upgraded in really great shape. Got plenty of room for parking. They've got plenty of room for hotels. You know, I would like to see that possibility, but I really think, at the end of it all, they try to maybe keep it neutral and driving-wise, and that's why you're seeing it there. Benedict, who always is there. And, and, and hats off to Benedict. For those who don't know, those who don't know, Benedict actually gives the 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 state the, the the stadium for free, right? It doesn't cost anything. So for anybody out there that wants to make a bunch of money out of the high schools, shame on you. You know, I get that you have facilities and all that, but all that kind of stuff when you do, you know, no good deed goes unnoticed by the big man upstairs. Hmm. And I think that hopefully you guys can 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 watch what Benedict has done. They give their facilities up for a Saturday to allow the one and twos in the past to be a part of that Saturday event and making those memories while other universities are making who's the money out of this situation. And I think that's that's just me. And, and, again, you know, those are two things that we didn't get a chance to talk about as, uh, you know, we joined early in, in, in the show this morning. Yeah, while
2: I've got you, why don't I uh, get your picks for the other classifications? I gave mine already uh but let me get your thoughts on on the three a four a and five a uh brackets uh fairfield central and ren i've got uh i've got uh fairfield winning that one
0: you know it's hard to go against the boys of ren man. you know for me i i know the coaches well because I was there when they won that four a state championship I know they stepped down a notch but they they haven't stepped down in talent. You know, the talent's still on the field. I, I,
2: think, I, I, <laughs> uh,
3: <you laughs> I did pick Red. Okay, I figured
0: you did. I figured you did. But Ren's a good ball team, man. These guys, are, you know, they're going to come in swinging. You know, they're going to do their thing. No, they don't have that big-time quarterback that's gone off to college. They don't have a few of the other dogs that are hunting on a uh, on a Friday night. But they do, you know, they, they've they uh, they've rallied the troops. They've reloaded opportunities. And I think that they come out with the dub.
2: Yeah, um, I've got um, I've got Ren on that one actually. Uh, Palmetto and Woodruff. I've got Woodruff winning this one.
0: I think, and again, we did this on the show on Wednesday, and 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 Eugene's got all these names and numbers. So I, I apologize if I if I mix them up a little bit. And I'm actually on the road, heading to a meeting this morning, actually talking some football. But um, that being said, I, I, I'm going to go Woodruff as well.
2: Next, we've got uh, Chapman and Powderville and I've got Chapman in this one. They've been one of the best teams in 3A all season.
0: Hey, here's the deal. They were the real deal last year. 3A champion, right? I mean, until you beat the man, yeah. you, you got to keep crowning the man. And we say that about Clemson. We talk about Myrtle Beach. We talk about other teams that have done big things. Dutch Fork in 5A, right? You can't go against them until somebody beats them. But yeah, I think Chapman's good. You know, I know their coach is on the Spartanburg, but.
3: You know, I, I think
0: the the young men that actually play the game, you know, they, they remember what they need, and I think the coach that's there has done a great job of maintaining and building it from where it was. So, I, yeah, i go Chapman.
2: Next we've got uh, Daniel and Chester, and I think we can both agree Daniel's going to win that one.
0: Yeah, let's go Daniel. Yeah, they got a lot of talent, man. They got a lot of kids that got some connections to some uh, some little school up in Clemson, I think. Yeah, <laughs> the Tigers. So I think that there's uh, – yeah, I think Daniel's got this one.
2: Going down to Lower State, I think probably the best game in three A is going the Ocean Side against Anar. and
0: I
3: think Anar
0: could pull off the pull off the upset. I'm picking A&R. Ooh, man, you better stay on the bus if you're going down by Jonathan Aged State. If one of those boys at Ocean Side hear you talking that kind of talk. You may have to go by Ocean Side to get to uh, the Creek <laughs> if they don't take you the back way through Jamestown, but. You know, I, I think Ander's done, you know, some great things. I just don't think they're the same team they were last year. Now, that doesn't undermine no, the no. guy that I know personally. The coaches, Aner, who is my age, who was playing back in my days, you know, I just got to tell you, man, I, I've, I've stood beside, I know him well, and that's the coach at Oceanside, Joe Cole, man. He played college ball over there at johnson Hagen Stadium. That's where they play football uh, on Friday nights over there with the Landsharks, but the Citadel Bulldogs is, is where – Joe Call played, but Joe knows, man. I mean, he is the grandson of the legendary coach, John McKissick. I mean, it's kind of in his in his genes, if you will. So, I think that he's got a great game plan. He surrounded himself with a ton of great coaches, most of them former players with for the Gamecocks, and he's got a great quarterback who I think you'll see in action. They've got a sophomore sensational running back. Watch out for that kid. I think he's going to do some big things tonight. And then, Ron Chauver, hear that? That's a household name coming up soon. He came all the way from Iowa a couple years ago. He transferred over there to Oceanside. I think Oceanside wins this one by a couple touchdowns.
2: Oh wow! I think it's
0: gonna. I
2: definitely think it's gonna be a close game. Uh, but I think Anar has the ability to pull it off if they can play the game that they need to play. Uh, Camden against Brooklyn Casey. I
0: I gotta go with Camden in this one. <laughs> Uh, I man, I to went in there and slapped uh, Burns in the mouth, and then took their lunch money, their kids, and their women. Man, <laughs> how do you go against a team that I think, honestly, you know, we talked three eight, but I think they're the team to beat in three
3: games.
2: Yeah, uh, Gilbert and Lake City. I, I think I think this is going to be a close game, but I, I'm taking Gilbert in this one.
3: Yeah,
0: Lake City is the city without a lake, and unfortunately, I think they'll be the city without a win come tonight. And I'm going to go Gilbert as well.
2: And then Dylan and Hanahan. Dylan's the team to beat in three A.
0: You know, I, I I don't know if they are. I do think they're the team that's going to have a lot of conversation. I think we're running on Jack Hayes his, his history. You know, I was there last year when they got blown out of the stadium in Williams Rice. Not the same team. They've got a great wide receiver that's going to five power five football. They've got quarterbacks uh, in most uh, position players, plus that quarterback. Yeah, it's hard to go against, uh, you know, Jackie Hayes in this one. And, again, I think Art Craig's a great guy. I think he's building a great foundation, but I don't think he's got it there yet. It's not going to take him as long as most new coaches because this dude can ball out and coach you out of, his, out of his shoes. But I think Jackie Hayes and, oh, yes, it is up in Dillon, so it's going to be hard to beat those guys up there in the backyard.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um Going up to 4A, Westside and Irmo, I, I think Westside is going to win this one. Mm,
0: West Side story. It's going to be a great story because they got a great quarterback, man. they got a quarterback that can swing the rock all around town. Uh, you know, uh, Scott Early is the head coach over there. Got the big-time contributor to Southern Sports Central. The quarterback there has been on our show, too. Um, you know, uh, it, it's hard to go against uh, Coach Early and the boys. I think they'll – score early and often, and I think you see the win in the West Side story. Moving on to uh, round two. Greer and Catawba
2: Ridge, I, I think Greer has this one uh, winning.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I want to wish that, that Catawba Ridge could do something. I just don't know if they have enough uh, dogs on the field, horses in the stables. I, I think you see Greer winning this one win kind of handily.
2: Going down uh South Point and Greenwood, I think this is going to be one of the best matchups, uh, especially in 4A, uh, between these two teams. I I think South Point will uh, win this one. Man, you know, my
0: thing is, I look at at South Point as a team that's very good. I mean, their coach is an amazing coach. He played at South Carolina. Again, another college coach out here coaching these high school kids. So, how do you want to get there? Well, get coached by somebody that's been there. But you look at Greenwood. Man, they were in a three-way dogfight. I think it was Westside. I think it was Greenwood, and I think it was Greenville that had the same records, and only one team left out of that conversation. The thing I like is Greenwood, I just feel like they were tested early and often and all throughout their season. I give the nod to Greenwood not by much, but I wouldn't be surprised if I was uh if, if I was wrong in this one, because that coach over there, Coach Holloman, is a great coach, and he goes have, uh, a, I'm sure, a great game plan to go against these guys.
3: The, the
2: craziest thing, and this is just, you know, prototypical 2020, is Greenville in the final media poll is ranked higher than Greenwood.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that's 2020. Friday the 13th actually for you, right there, buddy.
2: <laughs> uh, final game up in the Upstate, AC4, and. Travelers rest. I think AC Floor has this one.
0: I think AC Floor is a team to watch in this whole thing. I really do. I think they're oh. a very good team. You know, they uh, they're a team that uh, has a lot of pieces and parts together. You know, uh, you know that, that 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 uniform that they uh, wear is very standoutish, and I think they got some players that are standout in 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 of course the playoffs. But again, you know Disney makes many movies about you know upsets and Cinderellas, so let's see what happens. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: you never know. And speaking of upsets, while on paper this looks like a big upset, I don't think it really is. But going down to the first game in the lower state, I'm taking West Florence over Buford.
0: Yeah, well, you've got a little bit of closeness there to West Florence. I just wondered if Enid Smalls and Daryl the pass on the defense, if they've got what it takes. And you've seen, I know you've at least seen Buford, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen West Lawrence, but no. this is a tough one for me because I know a lot of those guys down there in Buford. I watch them train. I watch them do things. I grew up in that same area back in the day. There was no 5A. It was 4A. West Lawrence was in 4A, and I know their mentality and that community very strong. I know a lot of the athletes there who now have kids that are playing there. And same, like I said, about West Side and Greenville and Greenwood. No difference with West Lawrence. These guys, North Myrtle Beach and Myrtle Beach, in that region, they've been battle-tested. This should be, and I think expect it to be, a, a, a good game. But uh, And yes. this one is down in the low country or is that one in West Lawrence? It's in the low it's country. It's in right? the low country. It's, it's at Buford because West Lawrence isn't yeah. at large. I, I'm going to go against you just to have some fun here, and, and I'm going to go Buford in this one just because of the fact that I think they're in the pass of the – underrated and underseen defensive back, and I think Eamon Smalls, who's got that big offer from the University of South Carolina and a bunch of others, I think mm-hmm. he puts enough pressure on that quarterback to make a few mistakes, and Darryl actually capitalizes with some interceptions.
2: Yeah, I, I said when I was doing my analysis that the key to this game is going to be the battle of the defenses between that defensive line of Buford and in the secondary, especially Nike Johnson of West Florence. Uh, moving over to South Aiken against Myrtle Beach, I, I think Myrtle Beach, as long as they can play the game that they need to play, uh, even without
0: Ryan Berger, I think they should be able to win this one.
3: Mm, no
0: Ryan Berger. It could be interesting for later conversation. Myrtle Beach is tough, though, man. I mean, you know, unfortunately, I know uh, Luke Doty's little brother didn't have the debut or the opportunities that he thought he would, but you saw Ryan Berger able to make out of it. But when it was all put down and said, I I think you see a a big win there with uh, Mm -hmm. Merrill Beach. I just think they're too deep. Yeah. Uh, North Merrill Beach against James Island.
2: I think North Merrill Beach uh, has this one.
0: Congratulations, Coach McCoy. You made the playoffs. Unfortunately, you did it at the end of the year, which gave you the hardest team in 4A football that I think could play with a lot of 5A teams. And I think Chase Simmons – is chasing that Trojan team all over the field tonight, and I think it's a big win for North Little Beach. But congratulations oh. to the Trojans for making a playoff with a new coach.
2: Yeah, definitely. But now they have to face against the Chiefs, and they're going to get demolished tonight. Uh, final game in 4A, <laughs> North Augusta against May River. I, I think North Augusta will pull this one out.
0: Yeah, I think North Augusta does. I think they got a kicker. I know well; He's good. I think special teams will do some special things. But I think North Augusta is an underrated team just because of where they're located. Um, you know, I think they'll win. Yeah,
2: they don't really get much attention because they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. But uh, I've <laughs> I've experienced them a couple of times uh, from basketball last and I had to travel out there twice, once for once for boys and then once for girls. Uh, so. Their girls' team is really good, but it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that uh, without their big star this season uh, over there in right. North Augusta. Moving up to 5A, uh, we got T.O. Hanna against Ridgeview. I think T.O. Hanna's got this one.
0: I'm just going to be a homer here, man. That's my dog over there at Perry Parks, man. I need those horses to run. I need them to do big things. I'll go, uh, I'll go against you for some fun, but i also – I'll go uh, – I'll show some, uh, some of that uh, homeschool love for Perry Park. He played at Coastal. He knows how to coach. He knows how to play. I think he has uh, Big Tone and the boys ready tonight for action. I'd say upset. That's upset in 5A starting it off. Uh,
2: Gaffney and Burns, I think Gaffney's got this one.
0: Yeah, Gaffney. After Burns losing, of course, last week, man, to Camden. I, even though they probably had some backups. I think Gaffney's one of the best two, three teams in the state. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Dorman
2: and Bowling Springs, I think Dorman's got that one.
0: First out these two teams have met, man. Hard to believe they're so close. To the first meetings that these guys have had, but I think Dorman is uh, one of those, again, that we talk about the top four teams and one of the both.
2: Definitely, definitely. And then Northwestern and Hillcrest, I, I think Northwestern uh, will have this one.
0: Yeah, Northwestern wins in this one. I think that Hillcrest is good, but I just think Northwestern is a little bit better.
2: And then rounding it off, Lower State, Dutch Fork, Somerville. I said it before, you know, you don't bet against Dutch Fork until someone beats them and no one has beaten them. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, we said that about some of the other teams. You know, until you beat the man, you got to keep, you know, singing them up. So, um, you know, Somerville's loaded. You know, they've got a lot of teams. I say loaded, but they're – they're uh they've got a lot of ball players in a lot of places. Uh they could upset them. I mean, don't underestimate what, what that what that green wave can do tonight, but I think they got a tall task on the road for sure. to
2: to, to take from uh Rick Flair, to be the man you gotta beat the man. Yeah, well
0: they better start it early. <laughs> uh
2: the bit, probably the best matchup I would have to say, and maybe I'm being a little homer on this one, but Goose Creek against Carolina Forest. This is going to be a good one, but I think Carolina Force, as long as they keep the turnover bell and they win the turnover bell, I think they can win this game.
0: Yeah, it's a rematch from last year, right? I mean, Carolina Force not them yeah. out early, you know, or in their third round, I believe it was. And uh, there's some redemption looking for Goose Creek Nation, but I think Goose Creek's not as strong as they were. It seems like early in the season. I'm not sure what happened. But, uh, you know, they got their hands full tonight. I think uh, the Panthers find a way to win on the road.
3: Sumter
2: and Berkeley, I think Sumter, uh, you know, even though they're not quite, you know, the top team in the state, they are still a very good team, uh, and I think they win this one pretty easily.
0: Talk to their running back last night, or Wednesday night, got that walk-on opportunity at, at, at of course, the Citadel. You know they uh, their quarterback, Lefty, I think he's good at Sumter. I know they've got a couple of big defensive guys as well, some receivers. Watch some scrimmage. They definitely can ball out. I think they have a pretty easier path now that Trey Minor, the quarterback, has a broken collarbone from Berkeley. He's out. They will be going to the backup quarterback and possibly using a wide receiver connected to Western Carolina. Mr. Butler will move to quarterback possibly. That makes them a little more one-dimensional, and it will be a big night for Sumter if that's the case. Yeah. And then finally rounding it out with your game tonight Fort Dorchester again
2: for River Bluff, I think, before it has this one uh, pretty much covered.
0: Well, it's going to be a tough one. I, I think the defense for Fort is very good. The linebackers are still waiting to have their best game. They've had some good games. They've got four shutouts on the year. They uh, They've done what they needed to do. I think there's been a lot of fine-tuning in a lot of areas without giving out any secrets to anybody. Um, I think it's going to be a good game if the Fort plays their football. They do what they do. Remember, they are the number one offense in the state coming into the playoffs So Brent Pratt and Zoltan Osborne. They've got Dwayne Wright, the 1,000-yard rusher with four games under his belt. They've got five wide receivers all over the field, The good luck trying to figure out which guy's getting it. And they've got a Thunder and Lightning package with Jalen Best, uh, a 5'7 track star behind Dwayne. Right. So it's going to be interesting with a big offensive line. But River Bluff, these kids, again, man, well disciplined, well trained, and they are fast. They got two running backs that can get after it. They got a quarterback. He doesn't throw it often, but when he does, he's pretty on point. And that defense uh, seems pretty aggressive. They did take a tough one against Dutch Fork early in the year, but that was their first game after sitting out for two weeks. And it was Dutch Forks, I think, third. So They'll find out yeah. tonight how good they are if they make that long road down I-26 and hang out at the port for about four hours with us. Yep. So, once again, thanks a lot for joining
2: me, Richie. Uh, you know, we've got some fun matchups to look forward to tonight. They're going predictions for tonight. Uh, so, once again, Brandon Biscoving for Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central signing off. Hope you guys enjoy all the games tonight. Uh, And we'll talk to you guys next week with more high school football action here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. So long, everyone.